Two of my local friends also chose the same path, though they play Pikmin Bloom, so not really a surprise. <laughs> People play that game? I thought they just like opened it just once a week. Filed your friends. <laughs> you know those Pikmin Bloom players, you know, the real explorers, you know? <laughs> You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Is that a Pikachu with yet another hat? What a card. Just how ultra and beastly are we talking here? Meltan is feeling a little boxed in. Let's help them out. Keep those Poke coins full because Mewtwo is back in raids. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 196. It's June 18th, yet another Saturday evening. I get to say that because this is the second Saturday recording in a row now. <laughs> Yahoo! Uh, my name is Chris, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I think I'm doing good. Yeah, you think you're doing good? I, I feel think like I'm doing good. Don't let me think about it too long. Okay. All right. I'm just saying, I, I think you should be a little bit more confident about it. If anybody were to know more than anybody else, how you're doing, I think it'd be you. Uh, objectively false, but what? No, that's objectively true. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> One of our core human things is that we can, we can perceive ourselves as our, oh, I'm going to go off the rails here. Let's not, let's not do it. Okay. Before we get started here, shout out to patrons, two new ones and somebody that increased their pledge. Thank you to Martin, Ricky and Brandon for increasing their pledge. Thank you so very, very much. We very much appreciate you. Uh, and we hope that you're enjoying the discord if uh, you're a new patron and more about Patreon patronage and all that good stuff at the end of the show. All right, Mr. Kyle, we set some goals last week and they were kind of low bally because we thought we were going to record in a few days after that. Yeah, and we <laughs> turned out not being able to on that Tuesday evening. I apologize. I had a work conflict. So thank you for your flexibility, Mr. Kyle. But um, it did give us a few more days. So as far as I'm concerned. These should be easy peasy, right? I only so, remember one of the goals. So yeah, and let's go. I said that and I'm looking at these goals I set for myself and uh, this didn't happen. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> Research day. Did you participate? Do it perhaps? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay, great. Shining shield on. Yes, I did. Finish your rocket leaders. I did. And I am, I am officially level 45. Yay. Woo. Yeah. Over the hill. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the downhill side of the 40s this is um it's it's nothing but xp grinding XP. <laughs> and telling yourself that you don't need to focus on it because the tasks will take long enough <laughs> and open maximum gifts every single day every day yes nailed look it. at you're a new man look at you, I, you i've sent gifts to everybody on my friends list and i've opened the maximum gifts every day for almost two weeks now. So not only is that impressive on its own, but Kyle, that's a perfect four for four for you. <laughs> Unprecedented. Unbelievable. Quick. Quick. Hacking. Somebody who's actually taking notes. When was the last time I got four for four or 100%? Yeah. When yeah. I set more than one goal. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I could probably go back and look, but I don't put dates on these. It's all no, just that's, notes. That's, that's too much work. Somebody else. It is a lot of work. Can, yeah. can catalog it all into a spreadsheet. Yeah, please. Somebody else do a lot of work for us. Anyway, <laughs> uh, for myself, I also wanted to do research day. I did do that. Hatch 50 eggs. I did do that. 25 kilometers. I did not. I'm really close. And a shiny. I did. I got a shiny. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what it was. Hang on. <laughs> what was it? Is that is that not counting the research day shinies? I mean, it, it could if I was really desperate. But in this case, I don't think I'm going to do that. Let me see. Oh, a bronze ore. That's right. I caught a shiny bronze ore. I, I we also were, got uh, another shiny know. during that research day. Wait, I got like three shinies. Hang on. Now I have to double check. Oh, my gosh. OK. Uh, but for the record, that's three out of four for me. So Kyle gets Oof. the belt this week. Uh, I got four shinies. I got four shinies when I went out for community day, research day that weren't shield on and Kranidos. What were the other four? A low and geodude. <laughs> <laughs> Exotic. <laughs> Lavatar. Yeah. Another one. Wow. Pidove. Okay. And Onyx. The Onyx is always a good one. The only one of those that is new is the Pidove. Oh, that's actually kind of funny. So I think that's my third Onyx. You know how people are really pining for Starly Community Day? Watch it be Pidove Community oh, Day. Oh, God. Like, I mean, at least, no! at least Pidove has, like, the branching evolution thing it, it going is. for it. So yeah, that's it something. is much more interesting than a, the basic, you know, Route it's 1 shiny birds, is right? awful, though. Yeah, but, you know, we can't judge every Pokemon based off of its shiny because otherwise we'd have to throw half of them out. Yes, we can. <laughs> All righty. So congratulations, Mr. Kyle, on completing your goals in uh, completion. That's that's awesome. Um, OK, so we have got a little bit to talk about this week, and I'm eager to do so. Let's hop right into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news at the top of this news hour. We're going to issue a. Um, retraction (laughs) (laughs) our discussion last week we should have known better but we kind of got a little bit confused but uh the ultra unlock for adventure week was not only unknown effing raids for the duration of the event it was also the research day that we were just talking about so that research day was not going to happen quote unquote not going to happen if we did not meet the ultra unlock for global go fest so Good job, trainers. I think everybody I saw talking about that event was like over the moon thrilled about how many shinies they got. It felt good. The tasks were doable. You know, seeing the tyrants and Amora in the wild was cool, even though they were kind of a low spawn. It was nice to know that they were there Mm -hmm. and um, they weren't competing during their specific time slots. That's good event design, in my opinion. Uh, What about you, Kyle? What do you think about the research day now that's behind us? Well, the first comment is the shiny rate was nuts. From what I saw, I mean, I only got to clear out like maybe 30-ish Pokestops, maybe 40, and I got one of each, so that's pretty great. But I saw people walking away with 10, 11 of each one of them. And yeah, I ended up getting, I think, around 10 total, and I only played for about an hour and a half. Yeah, so like above community day rates, which is crazy from what everyone was sharing. Oh, yeah. Honestly, it's kind of too high. Like that, that rate's oh, almost too here. high. I know, <laughs> I know this, there's the jokes to be had there, but that's kind of crazy. Other than that, though, it was great to see the fossils in the wild. 
And the way that this was handled is so much better than Arkin and Tertuka. Yeah, no kidding. I think they definitely learned a lesson there. And that we can't extort them for hundreds of eggs every single release. Well, it's like you can, but also have a few that are available in other places so people can get their dex entries without feeling bad about it. You know, like yeah. it makes more sense to me, especially because, you know, now that I've entered sort of your world about the extra uh, underbelly of mobile games, I've noticed that some of these tactics really mirror some things that you see in other games. We've talked about this before, but the whole idea of like, here's one or two of this thing. If you want 30 more and there is a benefit to having 30 more, you got to give us some money, but you don't need to, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think that Mm -hmm. model makes sense here. It's just when that first like goodwill thing isn't there, it feels bad. (laughs) I was really interested in writing something up and I might yet still do this about how research days are actually secretly one of the best events that this game has to offer because it covers every aspect of playing. Just about. I mean, besides raids, I suppose. But there were some tasks to win raids, so that didn't make sense. It encourages to it encourages you to explore new places, which is a core tenant for the game and for Niantic. Mm-hmm. It encourages you to catch in the wild because of the things that they did with the spawn pools. It encourages you to spin stops and do a variety of different tasks, which can be all sorts of things. And if you don't like them, throw it out, spin a different stop. You know, it to me, I think really motivates the sort of play that they're trying to get at better than any other event. And I mean that including go fest from this year. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that if there was more systems involved with the field research system, it would be perfect. Mm. But the current system for getting field research that we have is very limited and could use to be fleshed out for sure. You know, it'd be really awesome because we know that each of these tasks have a type, like there's a subtype of like catch tasks yeah. of walking tasks of hatch tasks. If those were all categorized and tracked in every like three or five of that set, you got like an extra thousand stardust or something. That'd be so cool. Something small like that. So you're like excited. Oh, I need one more catch task. Oh, there's one over there. I'm going to go do that. You know, yeah, I mean, like um, gamify it. Like we're, we're playing a game here. Gamify the way that you interact with stops and research. Yeah. Give a stop an indicator of the type of task like Chris just listed. You know, maybe it has like a very small halo at the top if it's a catch task, for example. And or it has an icon for, yeah. for that type of task on the top of it, too. That'd be cool. So you yeah. could see at a distance, oh, those are five of the ones I'm looking for, but without even having to go up there and spin them to check, like, it doesn't tell you what the task is. It just tells you the type, right? Yeah, so that would, then that would be, awesome. be fantastic. That kind of it thing would. would really take it to the next level. One thing I do want to say about the research day, the research tasks themselves were perfect. They were just enough that you had to like put in the effort to finish them, but not like... I think it was Phoebus Day where it was an absolute chore to get any of them done. And it was yeah. also, you know, 20 degrees out in the Midwest. But that's it, it was. beside the it, point. It was. Yeah. Yeah. This, so that was a good balance that they struck this time. 
this this thing in my brain that I want to write up that I probably won't. The title was going to be like, despite its problematic past, Research Day is the best event in Pokemon Go. <laughs> because in the past, I mean, those events were not those events were not great. But even then, at that core level, it was encouraging you to move, explore, spin stops, and do all that sort of stuff. So I still think. Anyway, this is a, a huge tangent. So we just wanted to issue that retraction and, and talk a little bit about Research Day. And uh, generally speaking, it seems that people are thrilled about it all right so not a lot of new news this week actually the only event specific news that we have is an event that's already live it's the pokemon tcg crossover event trainers were incredibly excited to reveal more details about our collaboration with the pokemon tcg trainers will be able to purchase the pokemon tcg pokemon go expansion soon featuring pokemon go themed cards as part of the collaboration, we're also celebrating in Pokemon Go with the Pokemon TCG crossover event. This event sees the debut of Pikachu wearing a Pokemon TCG hat. Mewtwo that knows Shadow Ball or Psystrike may appear in raid battles. What's more, if you are lucky, you might encounter Shiny Meltan. And that's not all. So there's more to this as well. Of course there is. There's got to be a little carrot on the stick. All right, when is this happening? Well, it's already live. It started on the 16th on Thursday, and it's going to run until Thursday the 30th. This is a two-week-long event. Mm-hmm. You don't see events like this that often anymore. This used to be how it was before. They would be longer for longer periods of time, and now it's just like a week or five days-ish. Um, so, yeah, that's correct, right? I mean, I don't feel like we've seen a lot of two-week-long events after we've seen seasons introduced. I don't think we've seen any. We might have seen one or two, but it's it's definitely not the norm anymore. Yeah, it's it's very uncommon. Back, you know, 2018, every event was 10 to 14 days and it was exhausting. Yeah, it was really exhausting. Then then all those jokes about the oh, I never see the base spawn pool and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. <laughs> all right. So it's happening for a long time, which means, oh, this better be good. Well, good news. I think it's actually pretty good. Pokemon debuts Wimpod and Galissapod, which is the evolution of Wimpod. Wimpod is the Magikarp uh, for, for this generation. So it's going to take you 400 candies to evolve to that Galissapod. Kind of weird. Uh, I didn't think that that deserved it, um, but I see the logic. Kyle's okay. making a face. What's going on? This makes two 400 candy evolutions. What's the other one? Stuffle. Oh, my goodness. You're right. Yeah. What's up with that? I didn't notice. I I wasn't paying any attention. I caught my first one and saw 400. And I'm like, excuse me. I already (laughs) did this. You don't get to do this two two in a generation. Right? Yeah. Everything else has been one a generation, right? I believe so. Yeah. Magikarp, and then there was it's Swablu and what? No, Whalmer and Swablu are both Gen three. Whalmer, oh, you're okay. right, Whalmer okay. and Swablu. Okay. Well, Gen two doesn't way. have one, so interesting compensation there, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> what are we compensating we for now? We love to see equity in weird places. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's because Generation two is so good; it doesn't need it. That's right. Whatever that means, you can just figure that out for yourself. Uh, but also, of course, Pikachu wearing a Pokemon TCG hat uh, with its shiny available is making a Pokemon debut. And I checked. You cannot evolve it into a Raichu wearing a TCG hat. That stinks. I'd like one of those big chubby boys with the hat on. I love if the hat was a little bit too small. You know, be funny. <laughs> like the hat, like when they evolve, the hat doesn't get any bigger, but they do. 
<laughs> All right, moving on here to Meltan. The key to catching Meltan is the mystery box, which can be obtained by sending a Pokemon from Pokemon Go to Pokemon Home or the Nintendo Switch titles, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. It is so easy to just do it for Pokemon Home. I would recommend doing that unless you have the Let's Go stuff like down on lock. It's kind even, of a, a pain. Even then, it's so easy to do it with yes. home. Yep, it really, really is. When you use the mystery box during this event, you'll be able to encounter shiny Meltan if you're lucky. This is one of those shinies that gets turned on and turned off, sort of like Smeargle. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Smeargle was. I'm not sure if Smeargle's turned off anymore since we had Johto Tour. But uh, n- nonetheless, the rules for Meltan are that uh, it's only available at certain times. So this is a period of time you can get one. So open those boxes. The time you have to wait before you can open the mystery box again will be reduced during the event. I believe it's two days. Yes, it's like two that. days right now. It's two days. So get to opening. The sooner you open, the sooner you can open another one. <laughs> ditto transformations. There seems to be a change in the species of Pokemon that Ditto is transforming into in the wild. In addition to Ditto's current confirmed transformations, there is now a chance that the following Pokemon will instead be a Ditto when you catch them. And I Spinarak, Nummel, and Bidoof. Yay! More opportunities to catch Bidoof. Let's go. <laughs> no. Now it's cool they're adding them. Uh, I like seeing some more variation, but I just hope it does. the pool doesn't get too big so that there's always a threat of Ditto. That would be kind of a bummer. I wonder, this is probably just for right now. I imagine they will not keep being Ditto after this event is over. Maybe. Maybe. I guess we'll see. And then my favorite part of this event, the collection challenges. And oh, boy. Are there a lot of them? (laughs) Great. (laughs) Collection challenges themed around Pokemon that will be featured in the Pokemon TCG, Pokemon Go expansion, are coming. Six collection challenges of varying difficulty, some will be harder than others, just like collecting the TCG cards, will be available beginning on Thursday, June 16th at 10 a.m. local time and will run until Thursday, June 30th at 8 p.m. local time, which is the event. So that's what that means. You can complete them all to receive rewards of experience, a lure module, and an incubator. You'll also be able to encounter Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise, and Meltan. That's not all. You can keep the collecting going with another three collection challenges available beginning on June 23rd at 10 a.m. local time and running until June 30th at 8 p.m. local time. You can complete them to earn additional. You can complete them all to earn additional encounters of Venusaur, Charizard, and Blastoise. All right, Mr. Kyle, are you done with these collection challenges yet? No, I need a slacking and I need to do the trades. Gotcha. Yeah, I was able to knock out the trades with my sister yesterday. So we finished those and that's all I needed. Uh, so I'm, I'm all finished. The magic number is 56. Yes. 56. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy. Happy trader. Over I here. have not seen a slacking yet. Well, I saw one on my radar and I'm like, I'm not now right now. Can't do it. In the wild, but it's probably much more reliable to find a raid. Yeah, well, I also that's how I did the Dragonite. I found a nice Dragonite raid. No, no slacking raids, but I need to do one. I'll need to do it. Well, I had one today and I sent it to my sister. I should have thought to ask you, but I didn't. Uh, Uh, Depending on when you were at, I probably wasn't available. It was like 11 a.m. I I was probably actually available. 
Oh no! <laughs> oh well, it's okay. I'll, uh, I'll take I care of that. I thought you would have laughed at me, but turns out you needed a, a funky monkey, huh? I, so. I got I got an invite from uh, I got an invite from Thayer to do the Dragonite. I'm like, sweet! I need this right now. Oh, awesome. Perfect timing. So uh, thank you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So also, there's Wild Encounter Pool for this event: Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, Charmander, Charmeleon, Squirtle, and Wartortle. Alolan Rattata, the Pikachu with the hat, Slowpoke, Magikarp, Eevee, Spinarak, Natu. Apom, Nummel, Bidoof, Pidove, Wimpod, Onyx, Chansey, Snorlax, Dragonite, and Slacking. So a lot of the ones that you can that you need for the collection challenge, even the ones that are in raids, I know we haven't gotten to the raids yet, but like Snorlax, Dragonite, and Slacking can also spawn in the wild. So what's funny is, is that I've been having this conversation about the collection challenges with my sister for like two or three days because we were very busy during the week and we didn't have a chance to do trades until just yesterday, right? And so she was talking about, oh, yeah, I need a Dragonite raid. And she gets invited to a Dragonite raid and she opens up her game and there's a Dragonite in the wild right there <laughs> right next to her. Today at 11 a.m., I text my sister, hey, I've got a slacking raid. I know you need it. It's like the last thing you need. I'll send it to you. She doesn't respond for a few minutes. I'm like, OK, there's a couple of Mewtwo's around here. We'll do those. And she gets back to me. She's like, yeah. Okay, great. So I sent her the invite. She's like, cool. She's like, you're not going to believe it. When she opened up, she sent me a screenshot <laughs> of her at home. And there's the slacking like right there. And she's like, you won't believe it. But there's a slacking right here. It's magic. I just need the raid invites. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I, she she did persevere and do the slacking raid anyway. So I appreciate her for that. But <laughs> I, I feel inclined to remind everybody that Chris has between 20 and 30 house spawns. Anytime he opens up his game. It's so more like 15 to 25. Let's not get carried away. Okay. It's more like 30 to 40. It's more like none of your business. <laughs> As Chris opens his game to quickly count them. <laughs> I'll count them right now. You want me? I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Hang on. 15. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. I, yep. And a balloon and all right. And everything. Anyway. Anyways, Chris has a lot of house spawns. I do have a lot of house spawns. Yep. So other featured Pokemon. This is interesting. I didn't realize this was part of the event, but it makes a lot of sense as to why we're seeing them. Lunatone and Solrock will also be featured in the Pokemon TCG Pokemon Go expansion. And in celebration, these Pokemon will be appearing in the wild around the world for the duration of the event. After the event ends, Lunatone will appear in the Western Hemisphere and Solrock will appear in the Eastern Hemisphere. I believe that's a swap. It's about that time anyway, yep. midsummer. Mm -hmm. So good deal. Field research task encounters. You can do field research tasks to get encounters with the following. Ivysaur, Charmeleon, Wartortle, Pikachu with a TCG hat, Wimpod, my man, Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise, Snorlax, Dragonite, and Slacking. And uh, a similar host of characters in raids. And one star, Chansey. That's cool in a one star raid. Larvitar, Timber, and Wimpod. And three stars, there's Tallboy, a little one executor. Snorlax, Dragonite, and Slacking. And five stars, it's going to be Mewtwo with, uh, you know, different skills based on the week. The first week this week is Shadow Ball. And then next week will be Psy Strike. And in Mega Raids, there's actually four choices. There's Venusaur, Blastoise, and both of the Charizards X and Y. So lots of things to choose from. Uh, so did this meet expectations for at least what we would expect for a standard for a two-week event, Kyle? How do you feel about it? I think it's good. I, I have one primary complaint that they could have fixed so easily. No there's ace? six starters in this pool. And a Pikachu, seven starters. Let's just, you know, for the sake of argument. 
all of them have the base, their normal base catch rate, which is hard to catch. And it's just, it's just frustrating. Seeing the evolutions of the starters in the wild is great. As we talked about with Adventure Week, that's a great way to make your pool feel more diverse without giving the players pretty much anything else. Just, I don't want to click on them because I don't want to catch them. Not because not I don't want another Charmander or, or Squirtle, but because I don't want to waste my time, potentially. I agree. Pretty much what I do is like Golden Raz, Ultra Ball, try to quick catch. And if they don't get caught, they just don't get caught. Yeah. Yeah. They, they get one shot and then I don't look back. And that's one opportunity. Like, <laughs> no. To seize no. every Pokemon you ever wanted. <laughs> Other than that, Mewtwo and Raids. Say less. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I will say more, though, about the Mewtwo and Raids in a oh, second. Oh, my man. Okay. Uh, okay. Lunatone and Solrock is very random, but it's... It, it is what it is, I suppose. I think it's like, uh, we didn't make a Solstice event this year. Oh, man. I'd throw them in the TCG event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But that means that they're also in the Pokemon Go expansion, which is lame. But is it whatever. though? Yeah, I, it's kind of lame. I, mean, I, feel like- I, I would have personally rather seen Zangoose and Viper, but. Oh, sure, sure. But I feel like the TCG is a format where Pokemon that don't normally get a chance to shine just based on stats and typing issues and things like that they get an opportunity to be kind of cool i'm sure there's some sort of ability relationship between lunatone and soul rock and no there's there's pokemon cards that exist just to fill packs and you know it of course but that doesn't have to be soul rock and lunatone they could be interesting soul rock and lunatone (laughs) but well hey (laughs) anyways why don't you give your thoughts before I comment on Mewtwo and Raids real quick? So Okay, sure. I think this event is spectacular. I think it might overstay its welcome by the middle of the second week, but if that collection challenge refresh is engaging enough and takes some time, it probably will be much appreciated. I think there's a lot of high-value spawns out in the wild. I think there's also those same ones in Raids and things like that. People are constantly chasing the Snorlax shiny. Uh, they want XL candy for GBL. You know, Snorlax is great. Uh, Dragonite is great, especially if you're working under Dragon Metal and you weren't around for Dratini events where they were like dropping like candy. So Dragonite's always really, really great. And slacking in raids is a little disrespectful, but I understand <laughs> and appreciate the accessibility. You know what I mean? Like if somebody doesn't have a lot of spawns, like, ah, it's in real. Okay, fine. I'll go do it. And they're like <laughs> plus one to rising star badge. Right. I think. The thing for me that feels a little weird is the Windpod debut. I don't understand what it has to do with the rest of it, but I don't think that's the theme of the of the event. Like, I don't think there's supposed to be a, a, a recurrent sort of thing. It's just sort of like, here's some fun stuff, and these all also happen to be in the set. I think my initial thought about Windpod, without thinking too deeply, is that it's two weeks long, and they probably had to make it two weeks long per agreements with the Pokemon company to you know support the tcg even more and they knew that they were going to need something new during those two weeks for people to chase otherwise people would be getting real antsy by the seven day mark i agree and i think that that shows quite a a bit of growth and awareness on their part it's also probably why it's a 400 candy evolution not gonna lie yeah so that's pretty much my my feeling about the event in general uh good selection Fun, rare spawns, a little bit of value, kind of a little bit something for everybody, except no eggs. 
let's go (laughs) i hatched three eggs this week it's saturday let's go oh wow look at you man i have no i have no incubators and i have three 12k eggs i need to hatch so (laughs) it's time we need a good event where he'll buy a box i just hatched 90 eggs last week well that was last week that's a new week man uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I l- would love to hear. I'm at the edge of my seat. What do you want to share about Mewtwo raids? This is not specific to Mewtwo, but it's very prevalent now that we've had two successive, very good five star raids. I'm exhausted from raiding five stars. I just they're so tiresome. Having done 151 star raids over GoFest weekend. I would rather do a one-star raid than a five-star raid because it doesn't waste my time. The five-star raid is going to take me 10 minutes. And that's just like, I want to do as many Mewtwo as I possibly can, but I don't want to take 10 hours out of my day to do all of the Mewtwo's. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but I feel like if it wasn't that way, it would be bad. Like, we don't want the Mewtwo to not take a whole lot of effort. I don't want to have to spend... 10 minutes catching a legendary it's it's just bad i you know i just i agree at some point i feel like catch rates need to be a little bit higher but i think like the time put into the raid and how many people it takes and how long that takes that is fine yeah that's that's fine i mean we can talk about the raid countdown till we're blue in the face when are we gonna have an opportunity (laughs) to talk about raid countdowns on what pokemon go themed podcast sorry spoilers oh it's like we're talking from the future here, but <laughs> I don't I don't care about doing the raids. I'll do the raids all day. But then as soon as I'm done with the raid, I'm like, I have to catch this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And the thing is, too, is like what we're really rating Mewtwo for is you know, shinies and, and hundos, but XL candy. Yeah, exactly. And so if you don't catch it, you're like, oh, why did nothing. I even bother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just yeah. I don't know. I want to do more, and then every time I do one, I'm like, I spend, you know, seven to ten of the balls trying to catch it, and I'm like, do I want to accept this next invite and sit here and do nothing else except catch the Mewtwo while I'm at home? (laughs) So I I have that thought, too, every time, but then the invite comes through, I'm like, oh, they could have sent this invite to somebody else, and I feel obligated. I mean, mean, I'll take the invite. If I'm not doing anything, I'll accept the invite every time, but I don't actively go out of my way to accept a lot of raids for legendaries just because of these kind of reasons i want to and then i end up doing a lot less than i feel like i should yeah yeah like mewtwo i will almost always say yes to but there were a few poke like at the end of the tapus especially that last week with the tapus when it was all of them yeah no i mean if it if it doesn't have meta relevance i'm not accepting the raid invite because it's like it's so not fun for me well i mean even you know genesect wasn't exactly meta but i loved genesect yeah, so you i love too. But favorites over over meta that's that's how yeah. it always works especially you were Pokemon. just also lucky that giratina was meta as well yes yes <laughs> yeah so uh understood and heard we're going to be talking about uh legendary raids a little bit later uh i don't think you've had the chance to peek the pokepole but we that's a future conversation i'm excited Our second piece of news is a little (laughs) self-serving. I'm actually really, really jazzed about this. And it's not just us. There's plenty of other people involved as well, of course. But the title of the blog post is Meet and Play with Notable Trainers in Berlin and Seattle. Kyle, 
We're mm-hmm. notable. We are notable. Oh my gosh. Trainers, some awesome new experiences are coming to our in-person events. Trainers attending GoFest Berlin and GoFest Seattle will be able to meet notable trainers in the community such as Trainer Tips, Zoe Two Dots, Spiel Trend, New Titoo, I believe is how it's pronounced. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. And Couple of Gaming. Uh, there's also a bunch of other people like, you know, Chris and Kyle from the GoCast podcast. We'll get to that. Uh, trainers in Berlin will also be able to go on guided treks with these special guests. During these guided treks, trainers will join forces with these notable trainers to explore, catch Pokemon, and battle together in raids. Meet and greets with notable trainers will take place all three days of Pokemon Go Fest Berlin and Pokemon Go Fest Seattle. Each trainer will have a designated time slot each day to provide everyone ample opportunity to meet, get autographs from, and take photos with their favorite guest. Now, this article has a bunch of times and details and things for Berlin. We will not be going to Berlin, unfortunately. We will only be going to Seattle. So we're not on that list. And in the interest of time, considering it would just be me reading off a list of times and dates, yeah. <laughs> we're going to, as we always do, link this in the show notes and we you know, encourage you to go take a look, especially if you're going to Berlin and you want to meet some cool people, because of course, why not? <laughs> uh, we're just going to talk about the Seattle details, in particular, the ones that pertain to us. Um, and I would encourage you again to go take a look if you'd like to see who else is available. The Seattle details, though, there will be a meet and greet with notable trainers area at the Mural Amphitheater. Meet and greet opportunities will be available all three days of GoFest Seattle. Lines may be capped earlier if necessary. For trainers with a morning park experience, meet and greets will happen from 1030 a.m. to 1230 p.m. For trainers with an afternoon park experience, meet and greets will happen from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. each day. Each notable trainer will only be available during either the morning park experience or the afternoon park experience and will not be appearing during both. And so for us on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we're going to be in the afternoon park experience at this meet and greet area from 4 to 6 p.m. And we will also be joined by in our same group, Kenan Adam from Lured Up and Steve Sarumi from It's Super Effective. All five of us podcasters will be there together hanging out. So come say hi to one or all of us. If you want to just get a picture with only Kyle and not me, I understand. <laughs> I'm the same way. Unfortunately, it's impossible for me to do so. <laughs> but I understand, you know. Yeah, it'll be kind of cool, you know. But if you are in the other differing park experience, I'm sure there'll be an opportunity for us to also cross paths. We're putting together some generic meet times for everybody else that is not going to be you know in the afternoon park experience so that we can still see everybody and stuff like that more details to come on that but yeah so kyle how excited are you man very we got our hotels we got our plane tickets very excited for all things happening in seattle it's going to be great and the more and more we learn about it and the more and more we're able to share about it the more and more excited we're getting it's going to be sick. So hopefully we get to see y'all in Seattle. Uh, feel free to reach out, email and stuff like that. If you want to ask specific questions and, you know, anything at all, just like that. But that's it for the news. We did it, Kyle. We made it through another news section. Can you believe it? Nope. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. Let's move on then to gear up. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had a gear up section. So this week I've got an ultra beastly gear up section for us. We're going to be going over some of the Ultra Beasts. For those who don't know, there are 11. 10, if you don't count Poiple, I believe. 
Who doesn't count poiple? I feel like since it's an evolution, you shouldn't count it. But I think you should. I, I don't, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll say 11. Currently, there is data for three of them in the codes, along with movesets for them. And so we're going to be talk about what they look like if they were to keep these moves. Obviously, bear in mind, this is all heavily subject to change, as we saw and as you will hear at the end of this section. First up, there's Buzz Swole. Yes! It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely probably the second best design oh, of the Ultra Beasts. The Larry the Lobster of Pokemon. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. That said, <laughs> it might be the only bug type I like, so it's a bug fighting type. That was mean. There's there's some good bugs out there. there are plenty but of good bugs. No, no, no there's some. Them. Not plenty. Anyways, it's not looking so good for Buzzwool. Counter and superpower is what it's got at its disposal. And that's just that's just a sad day. Give it power up punch and cross chop, you cowards. Yeah. And well, anything. Literally anything but superpower to make it viable in terms of raid damage. Its DPS is terrible and it's held up only by its bulk. So it, it is comparable to Machamp with that moveset, which is sad, but is very far behind Conkelder and Lucario. It also currently doesn't have a bug fast move, so it's not, you can't even talk about it as a bug type. But that's okay, because the next one is Pheromosa. Also bug fighting. Come on. We got 11 Pokemon and you repeat types? Come on. And they stand up. It's it's just disrespectful. As somebody it's who didn't sinful. <laughs> as somebody who didn't play Ultra Sun Ultra Moon to find out that there are eleven Ultra Beasts and two of them share the same type is just come on. Hey. It's just it okay. We were having this conversation before we even started the the show today, and, and Kyle was talking a little bit about his segment and talking about how like the stats just sometimes like just aren't going to work out for these ultra beasts. And it's a little bit of a bummer. And I was talking about how ultra beasts for me were never really about usability. It was more like an, ex- an exploration in style for Pokemon. You know, <laughs> they were just like, Oh, these things look really wild and that's cool. And that's all it is for me. Like I love Buzzwall, but I'm not looking at Buzzwall going, Oh man, is he going to be like uh number one DPS uh, fighting? You know, I, I don't think so, uh, but he's, <laughs> he looks real cool. Anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh, so we have Faramosa bug fighting with potential moveset of bug bite, bug buzz. It crushes everything in the bug category. No puns intended. It's not a pun, uh- but anyways, Squishes the competition. <laughs> the only thing that comes close is Volcarona with its theoretical moveset. Niantic, w- w- Volcarona win, please. Yeah, come on. Please, Let's we're go. like two years overdue at this point. <gasps> now, if it only gets Bug Bite and Lunge, which is also in the code, it's just really, really bad. It goes from top of the charts to worse than Caesar, which is just not good. It has okay DPS, but Feromosa is made of tissue paper, so it performs terribly. Now, this is a funny one. Unlike Buzzswole, it gets both of its movesets, so it has Low Kick and Focus Blast. Now, Focus Blast is just not good, but it's better than not having a 
fighting charge move at all. Focus Blast is not good until you get hit with one. You're like, oh, no, Focus Blast is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In PvP, on a, on a Registeel, it's like, oh, okay. Scary. <laughs> but that moveset of Low Kick Focus Blast does give it very high DPS because of its base stats. Comparable DPS to Lucario, but its bulk is abysmal, as mentioned. And that bulk really holds it back, and it performs about as well as a Breloom in terms of fighting type, which is like, that's like eighth or ninth out of most fighting types. Yeah, but we stand Breloom on this podcast. Yeah, Bre- Breloom's fun, but like Breloom yeah. is, is, it's a mushroom. That's, that's all. It's just a mushroom. 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 No badgers. Is there a badger mm-hmm. Pokemon? Yeah, it's um, Zangoose. What? No. Oh, it's a mon- that's a mongoose. It's a mongoose. Uh, is there a badger? No, there like, is a badger. Is I just can't remember who it is right now. Is Lanoon close to a badger? No, Lanoon's a ferret. No, wait, no. No, no, it's not. There's there's furret for, for, for the ferret. Uh, <laughs> maybe? It's no. close. Why it's can't, it's close. I know there's a badger Pokemon. I'm going to have to look it up after the show. Ooh, I've got it. Picky peck. <laughs> Anyways, we have one more to go through. There is Zerkatree, and I love this one. This design is a sweet so name. Good. It's a great name, too. Yeah. It's a monoelectric type, and with Thundershock or Spark for fast move and Discharge for its charge move, it absolutely crushes Zekrom at the top of the electric charts. With almost 2.5 more DPS, but about 30% less bulk. That still equates to much higher combined damage. So new raid DPS because 30% less bulk has not stopped anybody from using Gengars in the past. Nope. Oh, especially dodging is is crazy. If you dodge, it negates anything about being made of paper. It's it's well, kind, I mean, kind of silly. Your DPS suffers a little bit. Oh, yeah, but yes. the amount of damage it reduces is, is crazy. Now that said... It could get Thunder instead of Discharge, and Thunder is just bad. And it falls a lot. It falls below Thunderous T, which is not that bad because Thunderous T is still pretty good. (laughs) And it's still competing with Raikou. So even with one of the worst moves it could get, I guess if it got Thunder Punch, that'd probably be worse. And I'm sure there's one more that's even worse than that. It still beats out Electivire, Zapdos, and Magnazone. So they would have to do something real special to make Zerkatree bad. I'm sure they'll find a way. Which brings us to the last point. <laughs> one's already, it's already in go. It's Nihilego. And my only note was sadness. Nihilego is still the best poison type attacker in the game. It It is a truth. And if you don't I did not preface this, although if you've listened long enough, you'll know all of this is assuming no megas and no shadows are brought into the equation because those will always be at the top. And Nahalego is no exception. It's better than Rose Raid at poison type. But like, who cares? <laughs> it's so much easier to make Rose Raid if you're going to use poison. If yeah. they had given it poison jab. It would have been so much better than Rosary that it actually would have probably been worth using. 
Yeah, and it's a little bit of a bummer because I caught that hundo, and so now I, I feel obligated to level it up. And so, I mean, like, all I have left is being like, yeah, dude, it's best in slot for poison-type attackers. You know, like, that's it. When, when Tapu Bulu comes back, your time will shine. Yeah, I'm going to Tapu Bully that guy around. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. And that's all of the info we have currently in the game for the Ultra Beasts. So that still leaves us with seven to go. Yeah, we all know we're just looking for and waiting for two. Guzzlord and Stack Attacka. They're so good. I love them both so much. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. If nothing else, the naming of the Ultra Beasts are incredible. I love it. Zerkatree is such a good name. Blacephalon, such a good name. Where do the names come from? Because in the game, they have their, you know, designations of UB dash zero two or whatever. So like where where did that come from? Every time you look up the wiki, that's they say their name is actually this. So Ultra Beasts are were they're they're interdimensional beings, right? From a different dimension. And they are that interdimensional rift was uh discovered and exploited by the bad guys in Sun and Moon, right? Who are largely scientists. And so the thing is is like their real name is this tag because they're scientists but they have this other name too kind of like how we talk about medications you know like oh is that a tylenol or is it its full like scientific name Mm -hmm. it's the same sort of thing because they were pretty much cataloging them like animals this is my understanding i'm sure there's nuances to that that are wrong or maybe a little bit off but that's that was my understanding so i i didn't play ultra sun ultra moon obviously when you encountered one in an ultra wormhole did it have the name you know, UB-05 Glutton for Guzzlord, or did it say Guzzlord? Guzzlord. It said Guzzlord. Guzzlord. What's the point of the designation? Okay, we're going to move on. Well, the, I des- got my again, the designation is built into the whole, that whole science. I know, it would have been funnier to see that as that the name. The Aether, Aether Foundation, right? That's, I think, the name. That, that's all I've got on Ultra Beasts. I, we will get all of them probably within the next 10 years, so look forward to that. And I looked it up. It was Aether Foundation. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's uh they're on a big like libertarian tax haven mega super yacht base. It's <laughs> hilarious. Anyway. Thanks, Mr. Kyle. What a it's it was really good to have gear up back in the rotation. Let's go. <laughs> and let's follow it up with another one that's been gone for a little while. It's Pokalore time. Woo! And this week we're talking Wimpod, the turntail Pokemon, and Galissapod, the hard scale Pokemon. First up is Wimpod. Wimpod is a small arthropod Pokemon. Its main body is purple and is covered by silver plating across its back. There are four plates in total. The first plate covers half of its head, but leaves room for its eyes. The upper lids of its eyes appear to be covered from additional plating. The three plates on its back overlap, and each one has a single black triangle in the middle. It has a long spike on each side of its head that curves backward large yellow eyes with two short extensions over them like eyelashes and two flat antennae that extend over its back. There are four short legs on its underside and it has a long prickly tail. Pretty, pretty obvious, but love it. He just scuttles around. This Pokemon is cowardly by nature and wary of both noise and sudden movements. However, its curiosity will cause it to approach people or Pokemon that are standing still. It will spit a poisonous liquid when threatened. Wimpod sometimes accompanies its evolved form Galissapod. The stench of this fluid warns others that danger is nearby. Wimpod will eat and store anything, including garbage from the sea. This habit makes them highly valued as cleaners. When it finds coins, Murkrow and Meowth go after it. 
little bug. He's a bottom feeder. He's essentially a cockroach, but like, you know how they have those ones in the ocean that eat stuff off the bottom that look like big old beetles, but they're water beetles. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Wimpod's typing and Galissapod's typing bug water. Pretty cool. So Galissapod's next. Galissapod is a large arthropod Pokemon with a hunched humanoid posture. It has a pale purple body covered with silver armor plating. It has a relatively small head with bright purple antenna that converge with its mandibles to form a mask around its eyes. The eyes themselves are black and angular with light gray pupils. Behind its head and curving down its back are several armor plates, each with a long protrusion curving up from each side. There is a small greenish triangle marking on the center of each plate. Most of its lower body is exposed, but there is additional armor resembling a loincloth around its waist and smooth pieces encasing its thighs and feet. Its feet each have a single black claw. Galissapod has three pairs of arms. The two foremost pairs are thinner, encased in a silver exoskeleton, and each is tipped with a single black claw. The hindmost pair of arms is longer and has much larger forearms. These large forearms both have three overlapping armored plates on the back and two black claws. The plate closest to its claws is plain, while its last two each have two greenish triangular markings. Galissapod has a shell as tough as diamond and retractable <laughs> claws that can cleave seawater in two. What? It can cleave what? it can cleave <laughs> seawater in two. It's the, the Moses of Pokemon. No, no, no. It's splitting the hydrogen and oxygen atoms. Oh, when it cuts okay. It and suddenly okay. just clouds of gas appear. Gas is just <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like actually trips and scratch the ocean it's all just, just that, seems, that seems like an amazing moment in the anime for that to happen though that'd be I'm cool just saying. while it is skillful in battle it often meditates peacefully deep in seaside caves this sometimes accompanied by wimpod Galissapod will do anything to win a fight when it sees an opening to take advantage of Galissapod will use the small claws on its front legs to finish off its opponents <laughs> Graplocked is the natural predator or prey of Galissapod, depending on who wins the fight. <laughs> what? Wait, hey, that's that's not how that works at all. Uh, it is in the Pokemon world. Hey, yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, Galissapod was the only known Pokemon capable of learning the move first impression until generation eight. So I got something to say about this. It's very strange before we move on to stats here that they go out of their way to talk about the armor plating so much. And yet it does not get a steel typing. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it definitely feels more like it should be bug steel than bug water. Yeah, but I bet they looked at that and like, oh, man, we have so many of those. Now, like they <clears> stopped <throat> them from doing firefighting before. So that's fine. Yeah, or, you know, bug fighting. Twice in the same 10 Pokemon. 11. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> hey, it, I like this Pokemon's design quite a bit. I think it looks really cool. It does feel like it's missing a middle evolution to me. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, but here are some stats really quick. Max CP at 40, 31, 62, and at 50, 35, 75. Actually not bad. It's pretty all right. 181 stamina, 226 defense, and 218 attack. Those are decent stats, but again, it does suffer from its primary typing being bug type. I hate every single time I have to admit that out loud. Best move set, Fury Cutter or Waterfall with X Scissor and Aqua Jet. There are a couple of other options. I believe it is Metal Claw. 
Yeah, but you're going to want to take either the bug move set for stab with the water flex move or the water stab set with the bug flex move, in, in my opinion. So you get stab all around. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure how viable this Pokemon is, really, uh, but it's cool. And the stats are really not too bad. Well, in terms of DPS for raids, it's not good. Don't worry about that. Maybe it has some niche in PvP, though. Even Fury Cutter and X-Scissor uh, on, it, like, a Psychic boss? I mean, it'll perform similar to Caesar. Yeah, or so, Genesect. So, like, usable, but not good. Actually, Genesect would probably be much better than them, right? Yeah, Genesect is better. Genesect is, like, 30% better than Caesar as mm-hmm. a bug type. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, it fills that slot. If nothing else, it's just a really fun Pokemon. Wimpod in, like, Sword and Shield in the overworld, when you encounter them, is so funny. They get all sweaty and run away. It's hilarious. It's a good time. Any love for Wimpod or Galissapod, Kyle? You know, I I like Wimpod a lot. It's a fun Pokemon. I didn't particularly like Galissapod, but I think I, I can be won over for it. I think the more I I look at it and sort of interact with it, I I like it more. I need to send you some clips from the anime where Galissapod is fighting. You'll like it. (laughs) It's it's fun. Yeah. He's uh, he's Guzma's main partner Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I have him. I have him in Masters. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, okay. How they are in Masters is very different about how they were like in the, the MSG and in the anime too they just they're fun they're really okay. really fun yeah uh but that's pokalore with its triumphant return yahoo let's move on to the pokepole so last week's pokepole was how do you feel about the ultra unlock version of regular events our first response is from poka depente and they said i had as much fun if not more on ultra unlock this past sunday caught shiny cranidos and shield on and several of the of the two new Pokemon was less stressful than go fest itself. Shiny luck. All I definitely, I definitely feel that one definitely less stressful and more shinies. Oh yeah. 100%. The, the feeling of research day hit the yeah. feeling of go fest. It was fun, but it didn't hit what we were looking for. Yeah. And the last response for this week's from trip Tando. And they said this past Sunday, fossil research day was a great event. I just would have loved to see more Tyrant and Amora in the wild, though. I got like 50 of them in total on a thousand catches. 120 is a bit low for the new Pokemon, in my opinion. But I'm still not sure how I feel about the Ultra Unlock in general, since it feels like we always complete those requirements. But upgrading current events is better than having separate Ultra Unlock events, I think. This way, the current events get better, and instead of having separate Ultra Unlock events, usually in August... This might open up opportunities for other events at the same time. I could not agree more. Chris and I were talking before the show in that I also feel like the ultra unlocks don't really feel like their own bonuses necessarily, but the event felt good. And we always succeed at the ultra unlocks, so they almost don't feel like they matter anymore. It would have been different if maybe like we failed one of them. And Niantic was like, here's a chance to make it up. Or instead of doing this, then we're going to do this then or something like that. Make it feel like 
we earn those rewards. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. It, we were talking in particular about how it kind of stole a little bit of value from the Ultra Unlock for them to not have, you know, even if it's just sort of like in fake good faith, <laughs> that there would be like a lesser version of that research day in case we didn't get the Ultra Unlock. Because we we know, this was Kyle's main argument to me, uh, to me when we started talking about this before, was that we know that we were going to get that event anyway. So whether or not they fudged the numbers or they made a little makeup thing where it was impossible to fail, we were going to get that event anyway. It would have been cool if they were like, hey, here's this event that we designed. We're going to pretend like uh, a Tyrants and Amora hours weren't going to happen and the shining rate was going to be normal if you guys didn't get the ultra unlock. Like a little bit of something, just just an example of what that would look like, because we, we don't believe it whatever yeah happened yeah exactly <laughs> so i mean are we complaining that the event was good no not at all uh we're just pointing out the fact that it seems a little odd consistently that there is no actual consequence uh because it's impossible to fail from our perspective yep exactly mm-hmm. so it's it's less like this was an ultra unlock and more like hey here's adventure week and if we're adventure week we're gonna end it with the field research day if you had removed the words ultra unlock, nothing would have happened. And just adding those words in, I don't know, kind of add to like the player's goodwill towards Niantic because we earned this kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't I don't want to get into it. I've been reading an awful lot about mobile gaming and the psychology behind it. But are you terrified at who you've become? No, I'm not. But Diablo Immortal, I can't stop reading the news articles and watching the videos about it. Yeah. And it's just, it's just one of those things where they it's done to have players more invested in the event. And so it just doesn't feel great. You know, what keeps me invested in an event, giving me collection challenges, additional collection (laughs) challenges halfway through. Let's go. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But thank you for those responses. Appreciate it. So for this week's poke poll, we have, with Mewtwo back in raids, it begs the question, if not Mewtwo, then what Pokemon are you waiting to come back to raids? Well, mine is straightforward. I'm I'm waiting for Giratina Origin, Giratino to come back. Giratino. I need more XL candy. I need all yeah. of the XL candy. I'll probably have the same mental block doing Giratina, though, that I have for Mewtwo. So it's it's a struggle. Yeah, and also this doesn't have to be a legendary. It could be any five-star boss too. It could be anything or any other Pokemon in raids. If you really want like actually to come back to raids, like that could be an option as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the nature of me asking this question, writing this question to be asked rather, was that people were really hyped about Mewtwo, but it doesn't feel as pervasively attractive to everybody as it once did. Okay. You know? So I was just kind of curious for the people that I know are hardcore raiders that are just like, yeah, I'm going to do five Mewtwo or like whatever. What is the chase for you now then? Right. So like I said before, I'm waiting for Genesec to come back because I want another chance at a hundo. I want to farm some XL candy because I want to max a Genesect, especially if I get a hundo. Right. So I want that to come back. Um, so Don't. I'm just. Did curious. we get all four drives or do we only have three drives currently? I, I was just thinking about this question this morning and then I didn't look up the answer, but I believe we have three drives. I, I also think we have three. I, I have, have not paid enough attention. I think we have Douse, Burn, and uh, Shock. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, there's four. There's uh, there's ice type. There's chill oh, okay. drive, which we do not have in the game. Okay, so I'm yes, we do confident. not have that one. Interesting. You know what's really wild? I'm noticing that th- about this too is that all of the Genesects that have drives appear different at like a different angle and slightly of smaller. They, that happens all the time in in the game. Well, what's interesting is that across the, those forms, they're the same. Huh. Interesting. That's weird. It's very weird. But hey, anyway. So, dear listener, if you have an answer to this week's Pokeball question, which is with Mewtwo back in raids, it begs the question, if not Mewtwo, then what Pokemon are you waiting to come back to raids? You can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail by calling 262-586-7717. We will also post the question on Twitter. And we will also post it in our Discord for our Pokepoll channel. So any of those are great avenues to respond to this week's question. Looking forward to it. Before we get to anything related to emails, voicemails, and other avenues of communication, we're going to pass it on over to Fish and not DeFi-E. This week, Final Boss AJ is stepping in because DeFi was unavailable. Uh, But the show must go on, or this segment, as it were. And Fish and Final Boss AJ are going to be covering the recent and future Pokemon Championship Series events. So what has happened and what is going to happen. Retro Cup and more. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Fish on Hater. And I'm DeFi E250. Wait a minute. The, wait, no, sorry. Wait, I'm the, not hang DeFi-E. on. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> You don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm Final Boss AJ. Welcome, AJ. Hi. <laughs> um, do you want to talk a bit about, you know, um, who is AJ? What um, what does AJ do in the Pokemon <laughs> Go PvP sphere? My name is Final Boss AJ. I'm actually DeFi's factions captain on, yes. uh, on the Queen Bees. I am an elite-ranked self-battler. I am the terror of the girls that PvP megas... And I wrecked Jim Breaker's shoutcast by showing up and just being <laughs> completely biased in favor of Canada and ice Pokemon, because that's my thing. Mm, I yeah. am the queen of ice. And it, it's amazing how it's it's just like, it's become just a regular thing now. Every every time we do Jim Breakers, you're one of the first people I'm like, hey, AJ, we're on <laughs> this time. <laughs> and you're like, yep, I will um, I will put myself on hold from work. <laughs> I, I will uh, I will rearrange my schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, um, for those of you who don't know, Pokemon Go is not my day job. I do have a day job that allows me the flexibility to do stuff. I'm actually ignoring work right now to be able to record <laughs> this podcast. So to our headlines, we are just starting, as of this recording today, started the Master League and Fossil Cup. That is going from June 15th to June 22nd. From June 22nd to 29th, we have the Great League coming around again, as well as the Retro Cup. Then June 29th to July 6th is the Ultra League and Kanto Cup. Somewhere in there, we have Go Battle Day, the 18th of June, and that is Mankey Go Battle Day, where you can evolve your Mankeys into Prime Ape to get that legacy move of Cross Chop. Now, AJ, I can hear you wanting to jump in there. <laughs> what, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, where do I want to start? What are you looking at running for Fossil Cup? First of all, I'm just going to be happy that I don't have to run Ultra League anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not gonna lie, not gonna lie, Fish. This this whole week of uh, hey, we have we have Ultra League and we have GoFest Catch Cup. Catch Cup. And literally the only thing I got from GoFest that is going to stay like in my PvP stable is a rank nine Floatzel, which is not a priority for me because Floatzel <laughs> is Floatzel. Yeah. So I just Cute, kind of ignore it. <laughs> not not Lovely. particularly strong. Very good flotation device. Um, <laughs> it's a practical Pokemon. <laughs> very practical. Um, have have one on your cruise. But Fossil is very interesting. For those of you who are still um, unsure, Fossil is going to be only water, rock, and steel types eligible. So have you got any teams in mind? I do. Um, unfortunately, Registeel is going to be very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's Favorite Mud Boy Swampert is going to be a big popular counter option. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at what these three types they selected are weak to, water, rock, and steel. Water and rock are vulnerable to grass. Rock and steel are vulnerable to fighting. So if you can find Pokemon that can that can have those roles. Um, the first one I thought of when this meta was announced was Polyrath. Polyrath yes. being a water fighter with mud shot, with dynamic punch. It can it can hit rock and steel with that ground damage, which is why Swampert's gonna be popular. Um and and just it, it almost matches Registeel for its spamminess. It gets that dynamic punch in 12 turns. So you mm-hmm. can go toe-to-toe with Registeel for a little bit. Swampert gonna be a very popular choice. Quagsire is another one. Quagsire, love, lovely mud boy with that mm-hmm. earthquake. It's going to do work for you. And then, as we mentioned, the fighters, um, the fighting options are very limited, but you do have a couple of steel types that can do some damage for you. Um, Lucario, if you still mm-hmm. have Lucario from Sinnoh Cup, it's got stab counter. And then a Scavalier offers counter. And then, um, if you're looking for grass, uh, to be able to absorb those at cannons. Um, there's Ferrothorn, which yeah. steel type qualifies um, and stands up a little better than, you know, Cradilly. I know people might have gotten their Cradillys from this mm-hmm. recent fossil event, but that's that's what you're looking for in these limited metas like this is just Pokemon with that spread coverage mm-hmm. that are able to do super effective against most of the meta. All right, let's move on to the Pokemon Go Championship Series. We had one on the weekend just passed, and that was in Melbourne. Um, I was there as a referee. Um, I Ooh. yeah, because um the so I have so much respect for the play Pokemon professors that were officiating in Perth because I was talking to the the head uh, professor before the event started and he was telling me about how much he crammed about like the the mechanics of of pokemon go and how the game works and he'd studied the the sulfurina known issues page very extensively trying to get up to date with with the game the state the game is in and how it all works however when he was faced with a a dispute situation during the tournament he wasn't exactly sure what to do and uh we we didn't really agree with the call he ended up making, so I offered my my services to uh, to to be like a consultant when a <laughs> dispute came up, and they accepted that, and so it was like fantastic 
being there and being able to uh, provide a service to the PvP community in that way. Uh, the winner of the tournament was Rick Flareon, which is easily the best name that I've seen on one of these winners' lists. Um, he was running uh, Registeel, Shadow Warrain, Talonflame, Sableye, Lickitung, and I, in, in my opinion, the spice pick of this list mm. is Surfetched. One thing worth mentioning is that it was the largest in-person tournament that Australia has had in their history at 56 people, which I know I know a lot of uh, North American and European and South American um, tournaments will dwarf that, but for us it was a it was a pretty big deal. <laughs> um, 56 people um, for for me, probably the most the thing that stood out for me from my perspective being there was the people that were new to Pokemon Go and hmm. being able to guide them and provide them with an experience that hopefully started them off on a journey of love of PvP. I remember there was one young man, couldn't have been more than like 12, 13 years old. He wandered in, I think he'd been playing the uh, the VGC or the, the TCG downstairs and he wandered up while the final was taking place between Rick Flareon and Valiant Vish. And there was a big crowd gathered around both players watching. And I was explaining to him how the how the game was working, how the tournament was working, you know, how, you know, uh, Vish had uh, worked his way up through the loser's bracket and uh, he had to now beat Rick in, in two best of five sets and he had beaten him in one set and they were going to a final now. Um and he was trying to see, and he couldn't see, so I kind of used my my position to kind of cut a path through the crowd and get this kid into a position right next to the battlers where he could see uh, what was happening on the phone. So it was, it was actually just in front of him. I had to check with Zoe Two Dots, who was there, <laughs> uh, just to check that the spot that I'd put, in him, put him in wasn't in front of, like, blocking her from getting her shots that she needed for her content. Uh, and she, yeah. was, she was great about it as well. She was, she was like, yeah, yeah, right here. That's Yeah, that's fine. Um, and, yeah, he got a, a great view of that final. And, uh, you know, everyone was, uh, whenever a, a great catch or a, a combo play was made, the crowd was cheering and the kid was looking around like, oh, I guess that was good <laughs> what just happened. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, that's, that experience really stood out to me. Yeah, just I I think that's really important for people to to remember that this is mm-hmm. this is a community that benefits from everyone having a good time. It it's yeah, you want to win, you want to beat your opponent, but the important thing is for everyone to have a good time. At, in yeah. the end, it is a game, and if you're not having fun playing the game, you're not going to want to continue doing it. So, totally. I I think that's that's huge. Seeing seeing like experience experiences like you're saying like like this huge group of people coming together and being able to do that. I haven't actually done a live tournament before, so right. I, I'm very jealous. <laughs> um, I, again, I started, I started last year mid pandemic. So there were no live tournaments. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm that's, that's one of the other things I'm looking forward to in Seattle is just being able to do that and have fun with it as opposed to like, you mm. know, putting all this pressure on myself and like, you know, Oh, I gotta, I gotta show up for the community. I gotta, I gotta try and do well. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I just think it's it's more important to have those experiences that you did and, and just grow yeah, the community totally. like that. Coming up in the <laughs> next few weekends, we have Milwaukee happening on June 17th to 19th. So mm. probably by the time you hear this, 
probably would have already happened. The Latin American qualifier is happening from June 18th to 19th in Mexico. And we have Columbus, which I know a lot of people are going Mm -hmm. to, is happening on June 24th to 26th. By the way, shout out to my fellow Queen Bees, uh, Shadow in 04 and Mama Climbs, who are both going to be battling in Milwaukee this Ooh. weekend, representing the girls, the PvP community. So, nice. Good luck to them. Yeah. Um, Sh- Shadow's still going to be doing our factions battle, too, because we don't have a lot of people <laughs> who can handle Ultra. But um, yeah, best best of luck to my fellow Bees there. Moving on to our Sylph check-in, we are currently in the Forged Cup, and uh, AJ, what what have been your experiences so far with Forged Cup? Have you been doing well? Had a few battles yet? See, see, this is where I'm uh, I'm a bit torn about actually uh, divulging things because uh, for the listener at home, uh, one of the tournaments I'm in is uh, the Ghost Stadium Elite Trainer. Forge Cup, and uh, earlier today I found out that my round two opponent is my fellow podcaster at the moment, Fish on a Heater. Oh, actually, really? So you <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I have not seen that yet. We matched I, up. Yeah, in round two. So I'm I'm not sure. I want to tell you <laughs> how my Forge Cup is going, just so you don't get the inside scoops on everything I'm able to do. I already told you Lorantis. Yeah, Lorantis. Okay, so I know you've got... Well, I mean, I can see Lorantis is on your team as soon as I look. Yeah, yeah, you can you can see the teams on there, but I, I saw that, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell Fish everything. But, Have um, we played each other again since Factions? No. Or is that the only time we played? The, the one time we matched up in Factions, you faced DeFi. <laughs> Or wait, no, no we no, did face. No, no, we, yeah, because DeFi said I had to beat you. Yeah, and the I very think you first thing me. you said to me ever was, hey, yeah. DeFi says I'm not allowed to lose to you. Yeah, and then I lost you. <laughs> um, you got you got me you got me in that chrysalis form when I was just kinda um so yeah, this this will be a chance for me to atone for for what happened back then. Currently, the most used mons are... I mean, not much has changed. We've still got a Rangaroo at the top at 35% usage. We have Greedent in second, Ninetales, Samurott, Noctow, and Lorantis. I think Lorantis has gotten a bit of a boost. Yeah. I, I don't think it was at 10% before. No, no. she's uh, She's been climbing pretty quickly. I think people... Um, one, one of the first things when I was doing, like, practice for Forge Cup... Um, one of the early cores I settled on was Orangaroo, Lorantis, and Ninetales. And like mm-hmm. I have a lot of experience with Ninetales from um, like Brawler Cup. I used her very heavily. So that's when um, that's when you know the uh, the prelude season was wrapping up. So I just ran those three in Open Great League just to like get some reps, just get find out what yeah, just find out what they could take. Lorantis yeah. is so much fun. <laughs> I, I fell in love with using Lorantis just because of what she's able to do against like some of the most popular mons in the meta. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's no steel in here, so I can't just superpower foes. Mm. But um, she's just really versatile, really spammy. If you get a slight energy lead, you can get two leaf blades off on a Rangaroo and the monkey can't even throw a move. One thing I don't like about it is that um, uh, it, I mean, it, it is a counter to... Samurott, but 
because of the grass typing and it being not very bulky, those fury cutters can actually like you can get farmed down by fury cutters if you've got low enough HP. Yeah, yeah, that is that is the problem with her. She's like super fragile and mm. and like like you said, nine tails at fifteen percent. Lorantis hates fire. Mm-hmm. Lorantis hates poison. Yeah, Lorantis hates flying, which there's a lot of flying as well yeah. with Noctowl and Pidgeot. So there are a lot of easy ways to wall Lorantis, but like again, she's just so so spammy. Eventually, those leaf layers just just add up, and that threat of superpower coming through will just get a lot of shields. And and she's just a very dynamic Pokemon to use. Mm. I see the Toxicroak on there. That's that's really interesting to me. The Toxicroak pick. Yeah, and and I know it's a little counterintuitive when you see a Rangaroo at thirty five percent. Like, what the heck do you <laughs> do against a Rangaroo? The the answer is you die. You, you faint in like four confusions. I uh, I lost one game because I'm like, Toxicroak's in a yellow. It can take one confusion and I get this mud bomb, right? Oh, no, it can't. It just it just went wow. away. Um, oops. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of the things I noticed in practice is that um, counter was heavily devalued. Like I wasn't seeing a lot of counter users. Yeah. Um, I wasn't seeing a lot of fighting damage. And Orangaroo still takes neutral from fighting greedent which had been very popular um just gets pounded by counter um ninetales has to worry about mud bombs lorantis has to worry about it can't do anything to a toxic croak mm. and again that mud bomb like it it does it's not as effective as an earthquake but you get to it quick enough that people have to respect it and that's why i liked running toxic croak on there even in the face of the monkey so i I think people are starting to catch on to that a little bit more. Like, um, like I am on the on the Canadian B team and Gym Breakers, and mm-hmm. talking with some of the A guys, um, they're more aware now of what counter can do, and yeah. are starting to incorporate that in a little bit more. So, I mean, and so many people are bringing Greedent as their Orangaroo counter. So if you can, uh, like Toxicroak. Even against my team here, like if I can't lock my Orangaroo against your Toxicroak, then that Tox can do a lot of work against my team. Yeah, aside aside from Orangaroo, like the only thing I really worry about for Toxie is that Gyarados, which yeah. I mean, props. I Shadow Gyarados is a spicy spicy pick that I that I do kind of like because it just it it shuts down a lot. Like that core I mentioned, that Orangaroo, Ninetales, Lorantis core, which you are running. I can see that <laughs> yep. on your team. Yep. Um, Gyarados shuts that down completely. Just right. with the crunch for Orangaroo, with the with the Aqua Tail for Ninetales, and um, like Lorantis can Leaf Blade it, but it's it's still tough because you're getting mm-hmm. to that crunch just a little bit after I get to Leaf Blade. So, like, it's got but, safe swap ability. Hmm. And that's all I will say because I am giving you a lot of a lot of tips <laughs> against me. Yeah, I'm just kind of yeah. torn between like uh, this is really interesting content versus <laughs> we also have to actually we've, we've got a competitive we have edge to, do to keep this eventually. Yeah, yeah. Like I I don't want to tell you tell you my strategy because like like mm-hmm. you said if if I avoid a Rangaroo Toxie can do damage. Mm-hmm. If I avoid Lorantis, Quagsire can do damage. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's going to be a chess match, like just to try and get our mons in the right spots when yeah. we actually do this. But And I think 
that's going to be a common thing throughout the whole cup is alignment will be very very important like it was with um what was what was uh steelix nine tail cup uh uh guardian guardian yeah yeah uh yeah i think it was like steelix nine tails gorgeist and like steelix dragonite gorgeist dragonite gorgeist yeah yeah that's it yeah i mean i use steelix nine tails and brawler but yeah but yeah that one was a was one that uh like it really depended on just getting your alignment right between your mons because there wasn't too much counterplay that yeah. mons had between each other. Yeah, and there and there weren't many core breakers mm. available as well just for that. I mean, I had Avalug. Avalug did pretty well. But... Yes. <laughs> I'm a giant ice doggo. All right, uh, let's move on to our GBL section. And as we started talking about earlier, we have the Retro Cup which will be the next cup coming out after this podcast is released. The rankings, the official rankings aren't out on PB Poke yet, but we have made use of that lovely custom rankings feature, which um, gives you a good general idea of what will be good without giving you... So the, the only difference between the custom rankings and the official rankings is that the official rankings takes the quality of a Pokemon's wins into account, uh, whereas the cu- custom rankings don't, so the they will the custom rankings will just give you a raw number of wins. But if say one Pokemon is getting a whole bunch of wins, but against really bad Pokemon, then the official rankings take that into account and drop the value of that Pokemon. So with that said, the top ten of the custom rankings are Cresselia, both Shadow and Regular Wall Rain, Otaria. Lickitung, Trevenant, Abomasnow, both Shadow and Normal, Defense Deoxys, Nidoqueen, both Shadow and Normal, Hakamo'o, and Araquanid. What are, what are some thoughts on the meta, like how you see the meta shaping up? Well, well, like I'm instantly drawn to the two new names at the at the back end of that top ten in Hakamo'o, who I have to remember is four syllables, not three. <laughs> yep. Um. And then Araquanid, and I, th- I think Araquanid's going to be everywhere mm-hmm. in this one. Just like looking at those rankings, you, you, you gave fish with Cresselia and Walrein at the top. Akamo does damage to both of those. Mm-hmm. Obama Snow not going to be able to do much with the with the resistance profile. Trevenant, um, Trevenant's able to do a bit. But um, Deoxys is not going to have a good time unless it gets to those rock slides. Araquanid can can wall a lot of the popular teams and a lot of the popular cores. And and I know how excited people were when Araquanid was released. Like, yes, finally, Walrein <laughs> can't hit this hit something for neutral. And uh, and then people started playing against Araquanid. Like, oh no, we we have we have let the mongoose out to get the snakes, and now we have a mongoose problem. <laughs> Ice is going to be very popular. In this cup, with with the with the fairy steel and dark types gone, dragons are going to be everywhere. Um, we we mentioned Hakamo, Hakamo. Oh, I'm going to do that loose. again. <laughs> God dang. Um, Altaria number number th- uh, four behind uh, both Walrans and Cresselia. Mm. So that's going to be everywhere. And then you look down this list: Gudra, Dragalge, Dragonair, Drudigan, Como O, which. That's that's where the three syllables is. Um, 
you know, dragons are going to be very popular. Without the dark types and the steel types resisting psychic damage, psychic's also a popular choice. Like, I, um, like, uh, the last time Retro Cup was around, I ran Frostlass and Hypno as my main core. Just Hypno to get that confusion damage on, threaten with Shadow Ball. Lass, my girl, if you're aware <laughs> of my work before this podcast, you know she is my girl. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think those two work well together to attack a lot of what uh, Retro Cup is about. There was another little cheeky spice pick that you noticed that you told me about, AJ. Did you want to tell me about that? I I think I might be able to, <laughs> to go into that. We talked about dragons and showing up in the top 40 of, the, of these rankings. And I was really surprised to see it up here was Tyrant. Yeah, not Tyrantrum. No, Actual the tyrant. baby. The baby is up there. And the babies, like, if you don't want to build some of these other options, like, I I haven't built a Dragonair yet because Dragonair is expensive. Mm-hmm. I haven't built a Gudra yet because I can't find enough Gumi. And if I want to run double Dragon, then my best option might actually be that Tyrant because, like, they were spawning, like, if you had a weather-boosted Tyrant, you were catching it around 1,400. It actually doesn't require any excels to be usable in this cup. The rank one's a level 40 at 0, 15, 15. No excels necessary for Tyrant. So if you caught one that was a high enough CP, you can easily power that up and have something you can use as that secondary dragon behind Altaria or your primary dragon if you want Mm. to go that route. And with Fairies and Steel's band, those are two of the types that can hit Tyrant for super effective damage. Now, you still have to watch out for literally everything else. Because <laughs> it's it's gonna take it dragon is a is a mutually assured destruction. Um it's weak to fighting, it's weak to ground, it's weak to ice. So there's gonna be a lot of that going around. But yeah. if you're if you're looking for that option to try and do that double dragon strategy or or just have a mon that can that can put pressure on in a different way than Altaria, because like Tyrant actually beats Altaria because it resists the sky attack. So That's huge. Tyrant's not a bad Tyrant's yeah. not a bad option. And it beats all the poisons. Yeah. So because rock resists that poison. Rock typing. Yeah. Uh, so you could endorse running this over another dragon like a Dragauji or a Hakamo or a Gudra or a Dragonair? I I mean if you have those, you should probably run those. Let's, okay, sure. Let's let's not uh <laughs> let's let's not go crazy here. But if you're in a pinch and you want a dragon and you know you missed out on everything, you miss you missed out on Flygon. Or if you just like Tyron and want to run a Tyron. Exactly. Like, you just, can do it. Just, just run the baby team. Run Tyrant. Um, run Munchlax. And one more pick you pointed out to me was Golbat. I do like Golbat as a potential breaker. Like, mm. ob- obviously, it wants to avoid the ice types. The ice types are going to be everywhere to deal with the dragons. But I just i I like Golbat's ability to to threaten ghosts. I love its ability to avoid a lot of the ground damage that i i think is going to be prevalent with with like walrein being being earthquake with uh swampert being swampert and um being able to threaten with that that shadow ball i just i just like what golbat can do against a lot of mods and the big one i think i mentioned to you fish when we were doing prep for this uh araquanid mm-hmm. like i said mm-hmm. araquanid is going to be 
such a presence in Retro Cup that you're going to need something to deal with it. And again, if you're looking for a cheap option that that I believe is still spa- still spawning out in the wild, um, you can do worse than getting yeah. Golbat. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in it. I think the you, you might have convinced me that that's a, a way to go. <laughs> I consider myself an idea girl. <laughs> uh, so you've mentioned Frostlass and Hypno is working together really well. Uh, Altaria mm-hmm. and Makago is another really interesting. <laughs> t- tell me about that one. I, I just like that because, um, you know, Altaria just doesn't want to see ice. Uh, Makago just destroys ice. <laughs> Makago's like, um, I've got this. Yeah. They're, they're both weak to rock, which um, is mm-hmm. is part of why I liked Macargo, just because there are going to be so many things, uh, so many teams built, that if they don't have a ground type, it's like, oh, this is weak to rock. What happened? Yeah. But uh, I, I do kind of like that synergy. I, I know, again, um, Macargo is a little more expensive, but if you're hatching those 7k eggs um, during the event and you're like, oh, Slugma, what am I going to do with this? Make yourself a Macargo. And of course, there is the classic core of Warrain and Trevenant. <laughs> now, uh, Warrain and Trevenant, uh, like it, it's been a, a huge core in Ultra League in particular for mm. quite a long time because they just cover the, each other's weaknesses so so well. Uh, in Great League, I don't think it's as dominant. No, and and I think the main reason for that is Sableye. Mm-hmm. Just because just because Sableye usually busts that up very easily, because Walrein can't deal with it quick enough, and Trevenant just dies yeah. to Sableye. Uh, but with Sableye banned um, because it's Dark type, because mm. it's out of there, it's a lot more free reign for Walrein and Trevenant to just go tag yeah. team against the world and, and just just <laughs> wreck days. Uh, also, uh, Obstagoon and Scrafty. Uh, the two mm. biggest counters you'd see in Ultra League, and they're they're banned in Great League as well. So, yeah, exactly. And and if you've taken a Trevenant against a Metacham, you know how quickly Trevenant just rips the mm-hmm. Yoga Meister apart. <laughs> I would not be surprised if you saw um a lot of Trevenant double mm. water teams, and those double waters are Walrein and a Raquinid. A Raquinid, yeah. Okay, we have a couple of listener questions. Did you want to hear some questions, AJ? I am always here to answer questions. It's basically all I do. So the first one comes from Eric in Montreal, Canada. Have you heard of that place? I I may have been there recently, <laughs> um, last year, but I love Montreal. Uh, congratulations and thank you for all that you do for the Pogo community. Um, did address that to myself and DeFi, but I'm going to include AJ in there as well. Thank you I for all you I'm, do. I'm the DeFi <laughs> yes. that is at home, so I, I accept on her behalf. <laughs> we love and... listening to you from Montreal, Canada, and always look forward to your insights on the PvP scene. I have a simple yet interesting question for you today. If you were invited to build a team for a PvP tournament where only level one Pokemon were allowed, which Pokemon would be part of your team and why? Keep up the great hmm. work, and sorry for the long email, Eric, Montreal, <laughs> Canada. Now, I do have to explain, uh, it's been a running joke on GoCast where um, like, people started noticing that everyone who was sending in emails to Chris and Kyle were going on a bit too long and apologizing for it, and so it became a joke that just everyone would sign off their emails <laughs> and sorry for the long email now. 
Oh, I'm gonna sign off this entire podcast. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry I went for too the long. long I'm like, how many, how many times? How many times have I talked for like a minute straight on this podcast? I'm gonna I'm gonna give a peek behind the curtain now. We have currently been recording for 53 minutes. Oh, all right, that's not bad actually. <laughs> yeah, you're but, expecting worse. Oh yeah, God, I thought I thought I'd be going like hour 20 easy. Okay, so level one Pokemon. Um, well. First of all, I'm going to bring Frostlass anyway, just because mm-hmm. um, that's that's just my default. That's a given. First one I thought of was Shuckle. Ah, uh, of course. Yep. Because if if you're doing a level one tournament, you need a Pokemon that will actually survive a hit. Mm-hmm. And like at, at that level, like, you know, Shuckle, Shuckle's got such defense. I, I don't think uh, at level one. It's sm- it's low CP and it's low offensive capabilities would hamper it as much as the defense would help it. So I go Frostlass, I go Shuckle. I don't I don't know if I have a level one Wobbuffet kicking around. That would be in there. So you're going like super bulk. Yeah, Apart just from like the Frostlass. I I well yeah, Frostlass is just there because you know she has to be. But yeah, in a level one tournament like that. I'm I'm definitely thinking like like survival is the name of the game. And like I couldn't actually run this. I don't I don't think I have a level one shuckle anywhere. Um oh my god. Uh I sorry, I just pulled up my uh, my inventory. Mm. Um I have a level one chancy. So <laughs> I can I can run chancy. Um, uh, you know what? I'm actually thinking that's the play. I think high HP mons are your play. Because I've just um, simmed out a level one Shuckle versus a level one Wobbuffet. And the Wobbuffet wins very handily. And that's because the everything is doing one damage to each other. Actually, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rock Throw is doing two damage from the Shuckle onto the Wobbuffet. The counters from Wobbuffet are, are doing one damage. But because a level one Shuckle, Hundo Shuckle, has 10 stamina. Whereas a level one Hundo Wobbuffet has thirty-seven stamina, it's outlasting the Shuckle by a mile. So I think the the Wobbuffet, the Chansey that you mentioned, mm. um, maybe get, maybe go Chansey Blissey. Oh, <laughs> and Munchlax, <God>. Munchlax. <laughs> I was about to say Chan- Chansey Blissey sounds like just hell. <laughs> um, Wiggly, Wiggly would be my other one. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge HP Pokemon. Yeah, Wigglytuff with all that with all that HP and that charm damage. Another strategy I guess you could go for is just like mega attack. So like what about a sh- uh, level 1 Shadow Sharpedo? What <laughs> <laughs> would it last long enough to get that hit though? Give me a second. Cuz <laughs> like like one Wobbuffet would one Wobbuffet counter be enough? Um and and then that's the other thing. Um you have to run bite on that Sharpedo because it's not going to survive a, like a two turn move to get a waterfall off. Well, uh, according to the Sims, it's actually a simultaneous KO. <laughs> One waterfall uh. does 54% damage to the Wobbuffet. <laughs> Counter oh only God. doing for a measly 41%. Oh dear. <laughs> <sighs> wow. If it, it can actually put that out, then yeah. Uh, can you run that with bite? Just see okay. if it, uh, uh, see how it does. 
it does still win. Each bite is doing 30% damage, and it gets to four bites at the same time as Wobbuffet well, gets to the two counters. And so they... Okay. Oh, actually, no. So, uh, yeah, the Sharpedo does win that, sorry. Um, because the Wobbuffet needs three counters to KO the Sharpedo. Yeah. All right. I, th- I think that's your strategy then. Let me see. Let me see what I have for that. Like, oh, I hang have... on. Sorry, this was just regular. Oh, God. What about Can the Shadow? Get a shadow? Shadow, wow, takes it out in three bites. The Wobbuffet uh, can't even get the second counter off. Could you imagine getting to a Hyper Beam on a level one Chansey? <laughs> oh my god, how much would that do uh, to a Sharpedo? Have a guess, as a percentage, have a guess. Uh, I'm going to say 100. Higher. Oh god, 200? Higher. 300? Higher. Oh my god, I can't play this price it's right, game fish. It is 635%. Damage. Dear lord. If you can get off a hyper beam against a shadow sharpedo. Uh, hashtag ban Chansey. <laughs> um, Chansey okay. too strong. Hopefully that answers your question, Eric. Thank you for <laughs> writing in. Next one is from Paul BD who says, DeFi and fish and AJ. Recently, I turned level 40 so I can finally build some max level Pokemon to compete in Open Master League. The question I have for you is about the Hundo. Specifically, how important is it to have the Hundo in Master League? I've heard you talk about how limited the Master League meta is and how you need the Hundo to win those mirror matchups. So should I just build a team out of the relevant Hundos I have available to me? Or will any meta relevant level 50 Pokemon work most of the time? Sincerely, Paul B. Deep. All right, I I can see why you have me on here now as as <laughs> as the as the legendary master league. But no, I I don't play master league. I do not have the dust. I do not have the candy. I do not have anything for master league. But what I do know is I can tell you uh, about functional hundos, mm-hmm. which are Pokemon that you know are are basically just as good as a hundo. So sometimes, Paul, you don't need the hundo if. The most important thing you need if you're going to compete in Master League is you need 15 attack mm-hmm. because that is what determines the winner in the mirror matchup. So if you don't have 15 attack, you're going to lose that. So if you have a Mon that's like uh, a 15, 14, 14 or something like that, it it's almost as good, but a 15, 15, 14 is essentially a functional hundo, which means it, it operates exactly like the hundo you just have a slight little hp hmm. decrease yeah but- and and that's because of the whole break points and bulk points thing which is a mm-hmm. very complicated topic which uh, we might have to revisit at uh, i'm pretty <laughs> sure we've done it on on other episodes but yeah we might have to revisit that soon uh basically there are certain points with each matchup, not just mirror matchups, but any Pokemon against any Pokemon, uh, there are certain points where your attack is, it hits a point where your moves will do one more damage to the opponent. And then bulk points are if your defense reaches that point where the opponent's move does one less damage. So there are some Pokemon where uh, if you've only got 14 defense out of 15, then uh, you still might be above that threshold where the opponent's moves aren't doing that extra point of damage, but it is different. Those breakpoints and bulk points are different from species to species, so you have to do your research, have a play around on PvPoke, and find out 
which species those are and what what their thresholds are yeah and and yeah if um i'm i mean i i get you on the hundo's ball i don't think i've raised anything up above uh level 40 that isn't a hundo mm-hmm. um aside from my ultra league talent flame because i did not get a hundo talent flame so i'm just like <laughs> i need one yeah as long as you have the 15 attack uh and the 15 defense so those are those are the most important things and you should be building for for um meta relevant anyway. So if you have oh. one of those, like like you're gonna want a Kyogre more than you're gonna want a just just whatever Hundo you have. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, um I have always said species is more important than IVs. Obviously the obvious difference is that there's not too many species running around in master league and that's why the mirror matches become so important and those ivs become so much more important but like as as we've said before a a kyogre is going to beat an excadrill like a, a nando kyogre is going to beat a hundo excadrill any day of the week <laughs> yeah exactly like it's it's definitely more about team comp than ivs so mm. definitely definitely play in your team first and then make the investment and and like i said if you if you have that 15 attack that's that's the key point in master mm. league so time for our shameless plugs um <laughs> i am going to uh, give a shout out to triple crit who was someone i met in the melbourne regionals he mentioned that he is a listener of the GoCast podcast and actually a lot of pokemon go podcasts he listed them off for me and he yeah he's a he's a delightful guy i could tell how much of a winning smile he had even uh, even through the mask the face mask that he was wearing so uh yeah great really great pleasure to meet you triple crit and well done in the tournament we've also got some people who have um posted their achievements in the trophies and achievements channel on the palatown discord server we've got dad who I have mentioned on the show before is pronounced dad. Um, he got his 3000th great league win. That is so much time spent battling AJ. That's, that's a lot. And, <laughs> and proper pronunciation on that name too. And the other one is your factions teammate, Athena, 1993 X. She won their first ever factions battle. Yeah, uh, Athena stepping in uh, this week for Mama Climbs and Colony um, and picking up a big 2-1 as the, the Queen Bees defeated Osmo PvP. So very proud of uh, Athena. I know she was a, a little nervous her first action battle, but she did very well. And and just while um, while we're here and Athena is getting the shout-out, I already shouted out... Um, Shadow in 04 and Mama Climbs. So might as well shout out the rest of the Queen Bees. <laughs> Get the entire team on there. Um, Bowling Bacon 300, Emma 5 Cents, Hurricane Kaz, Zamay 14, DeFi 250, who I think people are familiar with on this podcast. Um, Solaria, a little bit. Solaria and then some chick named aj who thinks she's like all that in a bag of chips is on there too but you know we we don't need to talk about her we i mean I, that was exactly the thing i was going to ask you next was to talk about you um <laughs> Dang uh, it. you've already plugged your factions team and your teammates is there anything else that you want to plug sure um yeah uh if you are interested in more of this this whole package 
Um, you can find me all over the place. You can find me um, usually on Jim Breaker's streams in the semifinals, mm-hmm. um, either on my PV- my PVP Academia or on Pallet Town PVP, run by the gentleman who is recording me at this at this point. I'm usually there just to be my usual screamy, obnoxious self and wreck broadcasts with uh, with my presence. But if y'all dig it. I'm happy to keep providing it. You get it unfiltered too at my Twitch channel, which is Final Boss AJ. Shocking, I know, but um, I'm trying to stream a little more regularly now that we're in the summer months. Um, I will be streaming on Wednesday night for the first night of Fossil Cups. So if you want to see what I'm doing, um, check me out there. And if you're listening to this after Wednesday, then I can't help you, but check me out anyway. Give me a follow, and then you'll know when uh, things are happening. So to close out, we love hearing your feedback. If you've got any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct it to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. And and just to throw this out, if you want more of me, if you liked hearing me on here, flood that email inbox, which is messages saying, hey, get AJ on the GoCast <laughs> more often. And if you didn't like me being on here, well, just keep it to yourself. We also have links to other projects and ways to contact us on the more fish or more DeFi links, as well as the links that we'll be spamming (laughs) for AJ's (laughs) channels as well. And with that, we'll see you next week. Thank you very, very much, Fish and Final Boss AJ, for a wonderful PvP corner segment. You two are great. That was a honking one. Good for you. All right, but I'm, I'm a little bit lost, Kyle. Can you point me in the right direction? What segment is this? It's time for emails. Oh, that's right. Oh, and we've also got two voicemails. We're going to start with the voicemails. This first one is from Sleepy. Uh, hi, I'm Sleepy T64. Apologize about calling again, but uh, something happened with my other phone call that cut off. But um, I am uh, sort of a brand new listener. Um, I started listening because um, the old Pokemon Go podcast that I listened to um, sort of dipped out for some reason. Um, but I'm glad I found you guys. Um, I just sort of got back into Pokemon again after um, a long hiatus from about uh, November. Uh, so it's you know, it's great to be back, great to be outside, great to be, you know, seeing new people playing and seeing what's all changed and getting back together with uh, Pokemon friends to go hunting. Um, I hope to be long-time listener of y'all's, um, you know, especially uh, going through y'all's back catalog just to sort of see what I missed <laughs> during my oh, hiatus. No. Um, and getting new info on what my, what I can't get to or comprehend. Um, great calling in and, uh, apologize for the longish message. Uh, have a great day. A new listener and already, already zoning in (laughs) on the, uh, sorry for the long voicemail. It's just a culture, man. You know, Uh, just like, just like going back and listening to old episodes. Yeah, but the love thing it. is, is that it. he was like, you know, it, it was just for over the hiatus. Like, that kind of makes sense for me, yeah, you know, a I little mean, yeah, bit. Yeah, it does. It does. You know what I would do, actually, instead, is I'd probably just, like, go through the notes and be like, oh, okay, look at this, look at this, look at this, right? But, 
you know, content is content. It's easy for us to say because we listen to it once live and I listen to it twice overall. And so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess it's brand new for some folks. So that's cool. But thank you very much for, for calling in sleepy. And uh, we also hope that you become a long-term listener, uh, but I hate to say it. I, that's largely your decision. <laughs> so that'd be awesome. Cool. cool. Um, and I'm not sure what other show you came from, but if it's one of the shows I'm thinking of, uh, we are also sorry to see that show um, not gone, but they transformed into another show. So if you're talking about PGR, they still do bonus episode, which is really great. So go give that a listen as well. All right. And then we've got another voicemail from Brian. Hey, Chris and Kyle. Uh, it's me, Brian, once again. Um, so I called because I just want somebody to feel the pain that I've been through and uh, get some sympathy points. So here's my story. This happened uh, yesterday, and um, I got my first Hundo Lavatar. It was, it was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. <laughs> but here's where the pain and the sorrow begins, mm-hmm. because I had spent almost half a year <laughs> oh my goodness! I just just thinking about it makes me. <laughs> so I spent almost half a year maxing out level fifty, Larvatar, and it was ninety nine. It was fifteen, fifteen, fourteen, and I I was so convinced, like ninety nine percent. That's 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 perfect. I can I can work with that. I I didn't think I would ever get a hundred a hundo, and so. I spent all my energy, all my Stardust, all my Candy XLs getting this 99 Larvitar maxed out. And lo and behold, yesterday I caught my <laughs> perfect Larvitar. Oh, no. And now I have no XL candy. I've got very little Stardust. And on top of that, not only do I not have XL candy, but I have very little uh, regular, like rare candy for Larvitar. So unbelievable, like so much waste. Anyways, that's the end of my story. Um, I'm I'm finished today, just um, crying at work and regretting my life decisions. But um, yeah, I just wanted to call and tell you that story, and um, I'm sure somebody out there can relate to this. And um, for those who may need to know that they're not alone, um, I'm also that guy. Right, bye, guys. Have a great day. That might be one of my favorite voicemails we've ever received. That's, that was really good. Absolutely tragic. Oh, my gosh. Just <laughs> the unbelievable at the end got me. That got me. Also, <laughs> I got my Hundo Larvitar, and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for sharing your pain with us, Brian. I'm sorry for laughing, but that was an excellent, excellent voicemail. (laughs) All righty. That's it for voicemails. We're going to move into emails next. So our first email is from Sarah Amanda. And they said, not sure why people keep throwing around the price tag like it's some outrage. Me thinks they suffer from amnesia. GoFest 2020 tickets were $14.99. GoFest 2021 tickets were $4.99, sponsored by Google Play. GoFest 2022 tickets were $14.99. I would expect next year to be the same price, unless there's another crazy sponsorship again. 
at which people will be happy about it and then promptly forget about it afterwards. Anyway, I had a fantastic GoFest experience. I spent Saturday in my usual stomping grounds playing near my office. I am a taskaholic, so it was a no-brainer to me to do the master-level explore tasks. I was going to be walking around hatching eggs anyways, mostly on the single incubator grind. Mwahaha. No. Two of my local friends also chose the same path, though they play Pikmin Bloom, so not really a surprise. <laughs> People play that game? I thought they just like opened it just once like, a week. You your friends. <laughs> you know those Pikmin Bloom players, you know, the real <laughs> explorers, you know? <laughs> so we were constantly on the go the whole day. Near the end of the day, we had wandered over to the park. An elderly lady approached us and was like, are you guys playing Pokemon Go? It turned out that she was playing too, and she'd never caught a legendary Pokemon before. <gasps> what? We had literally just started a Kyogre raid, and it was too close to despawn for us to back out and re-lobby. But with the fast raid turnover, another one popped up soon enough, and we did it. She caught it, her very first legendary. As she is a local, I told her about how every Wednesday I lead a walking group for raid hour and that she should join us. For Sunday, I went to a different part of town, Oakland Cemetery, specifically because of the stop density there for ease of fighting rockets, obviously. <laughs> the Pokemon I was most excited about hunting was Tropius and Skrelp. Incidentally, two that can't be shiny. And I wanted to have as many chances for shiny shadow Cubone, which is the only shiny shadow from the current set I'm missing. Plus, I don't have a regular shiny Cubone, so... Wow. I spent pretty much the whole day walking around with another constantly on the move trainer, which was awesome. And also what was awesome is that the area is her usual stomping grounds. So when she saw an Axie raid, she could lead us to wherever it was. I didn't care much of it. I didn't care how much of a walk it was. So as long, so long as I didn't have to figure out how to get from point A to point B, I was all up for walking. That's what remote raid passes are for, right, Chris? Uh, it's the opposite of your <laughs> attitude last week. <laughs> After the eight-hour grind, the crew of folks went across the street to Tin Lizzie's. We had some tacos and had a mass trade session. It may sound campy, but the best thing about GoFest was seeing folks I haven't seen in over a year and making new friends that all played the same game. Yes. It's strange how the game can somehow tell what you want and withhold it from you. But if you literally don't care, you get handed it on a silver platter. Maybe you guess where this is going. The first Axie raid I did of all GoFest was on Sunday, and it was shiny. Insert <laughs> corgi laugh emoji here. <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's a big unknown F for you, Kyle. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, any, anyways. Also, because everyone knows, everyone knows this, right? This is not a surprise that Axie will get a community day in a year or two, and therefore everyone will have shinies falling out of their pockets. So I lucky traded mine away afterwards for a shiny unknown. Mwahaha. That's a good trade. That's That's a good trade. I would probably have considered doing that trade too if it didn't take me 150 trades for the Axie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, 150 raids. Yeah, I I would have considered it, but I probably would have ultimately said yes to that same deal. Yeah, that's 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 a good deal. Mm-hmm. I ended with 17 shinies. They attached a screenshot. The new to me shinies were certainly excited. But what made me smile the most when I look over the shiny hall are the four shiny trap inch in there. I mean, who would be upset catching multiple of their favorite Pokemon? Sorry, not sorry for the legitimately long email piece. Sarah Amanda. <sighs> I mean, I, I could go without catching another shiny Cyndaquil, but, you know, it doesn't make me upset, I guess. But 
I I feel like if I caught a full odds shiny ghastly, I'd probably be pretty happy still. Yeah, it's kind of a cool sort of experience, but four shiny trap inch is a bit overkill, although Sarah Manda loves trap inch, so yeah, yeah. But like yeah. hey, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. That said, no, absolutely. I want so one little bit about the the pricing stuff. And that's definitely fair about the the ticket pricing differences. One thing worth noting, I think, is that the GoFest 2020 event was very quickly set up to exist in general from what they were probably planning to do in person. And so they didn't adjust pricing at all. And for GoFest 2021, sure, it's sponsored by Google Play, but we don't actually know what that means, really. I mean, they kind of made a big deal out of it being rather subsidized by that, yeah. that sponsorship. So, But I think the thing is, even at 2021's uh, – even at 2022's price, 2021 gave a better value. That's the biggest distinction. The, the point that I brought up was amount of raid passes given. If you don't even want to talk about what raids were spawning, what Pokemon were spawning, because that's going to be different to every player. Mm-hmm. I think this was mostly in response to our conversation last week where um, I think Moo and I were talking about differences in pricing and Moo said the 2020 ticket was uh, $9.99 and I agreed because I also falsely remember, remembered that um, that they were trying to find a good price point where they could sell the most tickets and I think Sarah Amanda is just illustrating the point that that's not the case and that mm-hmm. even when it was massively reduced it's because it was in tandem with a sponsorship from somebody as large as Google Play. So, you know, I, I completely the, the point made is taken to heart for sure. But also, Kyle, I agree with you about the value. I mean, that conversation does not suddenly become, you know, invalid just because of this observation. But this observation does undermine the assertion that maybe they're trying to search for a price point. Yeah, for sure. I, I won't be surprised to see it also be $14.99 next year. I just hope it's of reasonable value. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. And I think, again, after the end of this season, after they saw the different sorts of feedback and stuff like that, I think localizing value in the events themselves instead of making them satellite events is it mm-hmm. might, might be rethought, might be rethought in some way. Um, but anyway, no, awesome, cool experience of you helping that elderly woman get her first legendary. That's mm-hmm. so, so yes. cool. So, Thank you for sharing all this with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, this next one is from Hey Delicious. Hey, GoCasters. Hey, Delicious here. Last week, I set five goals, and I did three of them. The two I didn't do were out of my control, so what can you do? Still happy. <laughs> I have a question for you all. If you could add a feature to any existing mechanic in the game, what would you do? I would add a button to trades, allowing you to select 10 Pokemon of the same type for a mass trade. The trade-off would be a reduced lucky chance, probably by half. What would you do? My goals, two wild Chinese. Enough candy to evolve Wimpod, attend raid hour and spotlight hour. P.S. Still listening to all episodes up to 54. Hashtag 500 raids of summer. <laughs> oh, no. Just, just to put it in perspective, I, I hit 45 today for this is for 500 raids summer. And it shows you how many raids you did during that level. I did 299 raids from 44 to 45. It probably took me about a year, a, a little <laughs> bit, a, about a year to do 44 to 45. 
But you weren't and, actively trying to to pound on the raids, and I was also no. I'm saying, saying no, what in three raids, a hundred and fifty of those were Axew. So <laughs> that's how little that's right. raids I did versus how many raids five hundred raids a summer actually is for most people. Yeah, no, no kidding. But the question of if we could add a feature to any existing mechanic in the game, Kyle, it's going to be gift related for you. I can already feel it in my bones. <laughs> what is it? An automatic gift all or open all? What is it? I, God, just, the, can it, can it be like quality of life? Does it have to be a feature? Just remove all of the animations for gifts entirely. The gifts there, then the gifts gone. Done. I don't, but if it has to be a feature, there's two. One, cause I'm so focused on gifts is being able to like bulk select gifts. Like let me select 10 people and just select 10 gifts and send. Or just let me select 10 people and open those 10 gifts. That's also fine. That's a little bit less convenient. But other than that, I, I'd love to see modifications to to raids. Not not raids, I'm sorry. To gyms. Gyms is a feature need an update quality of life or otherwise that just is never going to happen at this Stay point. Stay in your lane, Kyle. You're stealing my answer. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll stop there then. Yeah, I want... AR brought back to the rating and gym battling experience. It used to be in there and I want it back. Uh, mostly because when I'm using my Lucario in a gym battle, I hate seeing him shake all over the place. Like he's not grounded to the floor. How have we not fixed those? <laughs> I rarely say stuff like that, but those things bother me. Uh, that's been around for a while. And if we're not going to have AR, there's no reason in my mind why they shouldn't be anchored to the texture of the floor of the room. It's a little weird. It happens with some of them and not all of them. Like Lucario bounces all over the place and other Pokemon are completely fine. It's odd. I wonder what causes that. Hopefully those are satisfactory answers for you. Hey, delicious. And uh, enjoy listening through (laughs) up to episode 100. 500 Raids of Summer was a a stretch of time. Sure was. (laughs) Next email is from Kevin Red Bull. And they said, hey, Chris and Kyle, Kevin Red Bull here. How's your Stardust going? Smile emoji. Mine is 3.3 million. Let's pause there for one second. Chris, Stardust. Almost exactly 5 million currently. I am at 3.8. Nice. Continuing. I have a beautiful story I'd like to share with you. I got 10 shinies on one day, and it was not GoFest or Community Day. Oh, my Saturday, June 11th, I got my seventh shiny Yungus at 12.03 a.m. First off, oh my lord, seven shiny Yungus? Chris, do you have any shiny Yungus? Yeah, I have one shiny Yungus. Okay. I I haven't seen any. And I'm glad they stopped spawning. (laughs) They're cute with little pink hair. Mm. Uh Uh-uh. Went to bed and played in the morning. Proceeded to get a shiny Groudon. Hatched Bronzor. Then two Kabutos in five minutes. Then in the wild, I got a shiny perfect shield on. Get what? out. Wow. Get out. A shundo. My first shield on shiny ever proceeds to scream and shout. Mm-hmm. After that, I get my eighth shiny young goose. Hatch to why not at the Jurassic World Dominion premiere. Then finish the day off with a third Kabuto. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my gosh, that's absurd. 
I did get three more shiny shield on on research day, as well as my second Kranidos. My luck is continuing to this day, Tuesday evening. I hope my luck rubs off on you guys as I share this with you. Good luck on community day. Shiny vibes all. Kevin Red Bull, level 48, resident grinder. Nice. Well, don't buy a lottery ticket because you've already used up all that luck. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you'll probably um, owe them money. (laughs) That's absurd. And very happy for you. What a what a fun, fun day. I can't like I'm sure by the end of the day, you're just like, I can't I can't understand this. This is ruining my perception of how I play this game. <laughs> That's an insane amount of luck. I would be curious also to hear how much you were playing that day and how many Pokemon you caught and things like that. If you were just shiny checking or whatever the case might be. But that seems to me like it would be a lot of like open app screen time, but maybe not. And you're just that lucky. That would be even crazier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully we get a little bit of your shiny luck. Thanks very much, Kevin Ripple. Appreciate it. Our last email is from Artemis Dragon. What's up, GoCast team and maybe special guest? Not this week. Not this week, unfortunately. Artemis Dragon here representing team voicemail in spirit. LOL. <laughs> I actually got a chance to catch Chris on the BTW podcast Twitch stream practicing for the play Pokemon tournament in Columbus later this month. Good luck to you in DeFi E and above all else, have fun. That stream was a blast and a half. I am not good at PvP. <laughs> Is that what they said? It was fun. No, no. Actually, they were like, oh, you know more about this than we thought you did. Because I was talking about like sack swaps and stuff. And um, I got to actually in the last round, I actually got to go head to head with Dino. So it was great. Had a lot of fun. Learned a lot and just played some PvP. I think I came in seventh in that tournament. It was not great. (laughs) Anyway, I really don't know how to segue into these topics, so I'll just come out and say it. For the sake of progression, we could really use some quality of life updates for the PvE crowd to embrace the joys of using suboptimal Pokemon like we do in PvP. Okay. Before I go into this wish list, I'd like to say thanks to Niantic for listening. I know some will disagree, but take it from someone who has had the privilege with actually chatting with a third-party rep of theirs recently this year that they do listen and there are things in motion that are being put in place to improve the game except for bug types lol okay <laughs> that, that hurts i don't know why but for some reason bug types always get picked last to kickball anyway it's because they're, they're not great the ball <laughs> yeah the, the ball is super effective to, <laughs> to bug types. Uh, let's begin with a big one shall we a start or ready tab that bypasses the lobby timer once everyone taps on start or ready now, I have no proof, but I suspect that everyone who just heard that just swooned. Just saying, baby. <laughs> yeah, we all agree. Absolutely. <laughs> have you ever felt as though using any pass on a War Turtle, LGM, or Arceus forbid on an Agron would leave a bad taste in your mouth and not worth it? I'm betting you have. So why not just make them free to battle like they already are when spawning in the wild? We could have a tier. We could have a two-tier option for one-star and three-star raids that lock premium Pokemon such as Drudagon. Rock Ruff, incredibly rare spawns like Gumi, and maybe even exclusive move Pokemon behind such battle passes, and Pokemon like Cottony, Marshtomp, Queen, and non-Mega Charizard would be free to play. I've mentioned this before, how about a challenger mode in 1 and 3 star raids that works best for those low tier Pokemon such as Pikachu, Axu, and Timber for 1 star raids, and in 3 star raids for the likes of Alolan Golem, Hydreigon, and those 2017 raid Pokemon we don't use anymore because they've not stood the test of time. (laughs) 
that's true. Every single time I see a Tyranitar, I'm like, I remember when that was exciting. <laughs> Just like in PvP, you'd be met with a CP cap and only be allowed to use Pokemon under 1,000 CP for level 1 raids and 2750 to 3,000 CP for 3 stars. It would be the player's choice on whether you go Challenger mode or not, but if you choose Challenger mode, you will have a few chances that day to earn incubators as rewards or Pokecoins if you're lucky. The Zvilus raid idea for Dino Community Day is actually genius and falls in line with an idea of my own. Why not host raids at parks for an hour like you do with Raid Hour, but on a weekend day? And instead of legendaries, there would be Mega Pokemon. I'd be totally down. That's all I have for now, folks. I'm really excited for uh, where the game is going and hope some of these PvP requests make it to the platform. PvP shouldn't be pretty much the only battle-focused feature where we get to see how incredible Pokemon like Flygon and Evolutions and Empoleon are. So an update to raids, I feel, is necessary now. GG's and thanks for everything. Yeah, you make an excellent point and a good argument. I feel like, Kyle, this vibes with you. How are you feeling about this email? There's a lot of great things to to talk about here. Uh, Yeah, I think the difficulty comes in how you balance it for the depth of the game. Because... CP is not a good indicator of how good a Pokemon is. We've talked, you know, we talk about it all the time. It happens all the time in PvP too. Point and parcel slacking. Yeah. And, but like on the PvP front, Metacham maxes out at 1425 or something at level 40. Still amazing. And so how do you balance a raid that's worth doing with a 1000 CP Pokemon that's not too difficult? Or too easy, I suppose. I think I think the one part that I slightly disagree with is the making one and three star raids openly available. Mm. And I think the problem tied with that kind of thought is raids are how you access premium items, specifically rare candy in this instance. So you either I think maybe you do the raids, you don't get any premium items at all and you only get a pokemon encounter that that could function if you want to spend you know 90 seconds to two minutes trying to get a pikachu that's totally fine but you won't get any experience for doing it you won't get any rare candy you won't get any potions that kind of stuff i i'd support that i don't think they would ever do it because the the sad the sad fact of it is those one and three star raids exist to make the five star raid look better. They do. And they also exist to muddy the pool for the actual chases in that pool. Yep, exactly. You know, yeah. we have Pikachu in one star raids, so you can't get timber, you know, otherwise right. every one star raid that hatches is timber. And then you do that. Right. I would agree on that front. I think if, if it's going to allow you to do like a free version of the raid, just for a chance, at the Pokemon, you would have less raid balls. If you did that it would be a thing. And then, the items it could give you would just be like recovery items, like revives and potions. And then I think we'd be in good shape. I don't think they would even do that. The point is that there has to be a downside to being able to do what is in their mind, premium content for free. Well, I think the, the chance like lower, lower chances of premier balls would be a great way of doing that because you can do it. But if you stink at throwing six premier balls might not be enough for Pikachu, you know? Yeah. But I think on that same point, the opportunity cost of, you need more potions now to encounter this because you're not using your own Pokeballs, for example. So in, in Niantic's mind, you're getting something for nothing because you don't even have to pay with the free currency that you spend from stops. 
oh yeah on other things like the recovery items yeah that's fair enough okay I do think, though, that at its core, we do need some adjustments to the to the raid field, and I think that there should be a challenge mode. And in the interest of revitalizing some of the usefulness of the Pokemon we used to build back in the day and people still kind of use because we have them, like I use Tyranitars all the time still. Yeah, no questions. Why, why right. bother? I, you know, it, it makes it makes sense to me. I understand the desire and I, I support a lot of these ideas. I think these are great. I think the idea of a challenge mode is fantastic, but mm-hmm. the only way to make it work is to revamp the way raids work entirely right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be okay. <laughs> but like picture an event where I, I can't think of a raid boss. Dragonite is spawning in raids and you could only use Flygons to fight it. Like that's that's the challenge for, for one weekend or whatever. That's the only thing you can bring in it. And obviously this comes into its own difficulties in, hey, I haven't been playing long enough to have six flag on. How am I supposed to compete? And then this is obviously where we have to workshop the idea further. But yeah, but like if you did the flag on challenge, when you catch it, even if the other people like in your raid are not using flag if you only showed up with six flag and you did that, right? Mm-hmm. It gives your Dragonite like a ground move. That would be an exclusive move. But other people could still participate in the raid normally and get a regular Dragonite. Yeah, I I think that there there are ways to work inside that system that could be interesting absolutely but anyway thank you so much for this email just chock full of incredible talking points artemis dragon and it was great chatting with you during that twitch live stream as well so thank you very much for hanging out that was a lot of fun uh, and that brings us to the end of the show so if you would like to send us an email just like these fun folks did you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com you can also send us a voicemail by calling 262-586-7717 and leaving a message like other fine folks did earlier in this segment. You can also visit our website for all things GoCast. That's GoCastPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, not our only, but might as well be social accounts at GoCastPodcast. You can also help support us monetarily via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCastPodcast. And uh, as little as $1 a month, you get to be a patron of ours and you get access to the Discord server, which is like the best thing ever. Uh, It's really the hub of our social activity as a podcast. So uh, that's just like, you know, the air quotes place to be. Right. And and sort of like as a person, too, not just as a podcast. That's definitely like my hub of of social interaction. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Outside of work. I spend most of my Discord time in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you to Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Motters, Lee, William, and Brandon. Thank you so very, very much for your patronage. We very much appreciate it and appreciate you for helping us keep all the digital lights on. And if monetary support is not in the cards for you or you have already done it and you're like, what else can I do? You can leave us a review for free, just a couple seconds of your time, and any platform that supports reviews infrastructure, please do. It helps us out an incredible amount. Like I, I cannot really quantify how much it helps us out. All right, Mr. Kyle, we need to set some goals and then we're out of here. Uh, yeah. Next week, you and I will not be recording together because I will be in Ohio. So That's right, but you will not be by out. yourself. I will not be by myself. I'll be there with DeFi. So we'll, we'll see what happens. The plan is I'm going to try to get a recording done with DeFi, she does not know this yet <laughs> so, surprise uh, surprise i'll probably have to talk to her before this episode is out so she's not <laughs> that, but anyway. oh man but goals 
goals. You should set your community day goals because you won't record with us before the next community day. Well, but when are you going to record? Because I can give you my goals before that. Okay, that's true. Yeah, fine. So for this week, what are you going to do for the back half of the TCG crossover event? Um, I mean, so first, an easy one is finish the collection challenge. That shouldn't take me very long at all. It's just a gimme, really. I'm going to continue opening gifts. That's not going to change. That is an ongoing goal because otherwise I might I might falter. Okay. There's not a whole lot going on right now. Okay. I got to, what's, you know, we're going to, let's assume setting goals for a week. I want to open my Meltan box at least twice. I haven't done one yet, so I should probably do that tonight, maybe. <laughs> I think it'll be in your best interest to start the timer now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So I've got collection challenge, open up your maximum gifts, and Meltan box times two. Uh, yeah. Let's also say 300,000 experience. I got a whole lot of experience to go. Perfect. All right. Sounds good to me. For my goals, I want to evolve into a Galissapod and get that dex entry because I love the Pokemon. Uh, the new collection challenges that will launch on the 20th, I believe, or the 23rd, one of those two. And I would also like to do my Meltan box, but I just want to do it once. I do not trust myself to do it twice. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm two and a half million experience away from the experience I need for level 49. How many so, lucky trades do you need to do, Chris? I haven't gotten any new ones since we oh last my, talked. So what, you're at like 24 or something like that? Yeah, I need like 26. Yeah. Oh my lord. Yep, yeah. yeah, but I did send all those gifts. Send 500 gifts is, is done. <laughs> so, yay. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, thank you so much for listening all the way through, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.